this is Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. How's it going, lads? It's kind of Monday-ish. We're, we're a little bit late. It's, it's been a busy bank holiday weekend, though, for all of us. How do I find you? Not too bad. Like, back to work today after a, what was a cracking weekend. Really good weather. Able to be outside for some bits of it. And then a good place for indoors. So, all right. Are you hanging out Not on your balcony, bad. JP? Yeah, I was doing a bit of that, but also a lot of cycling in the build before DTTI. You sunbathing? I wasn't sunbathing, didn't mate. Your top off. I did not, no. Yeah, not I, kept, I kept the gun show inside. So. That's a shame. Yeah. Especially <laughs> as a single man. <laughs> well, cheers. Thanks, man. That's all right. <laughs> How about you, Bennett? How was your Easter weekend? Oh, very well, mate. That's the thing. I went to wrestling Thursday night. I went to wrestling Sunday night. I almost joined you guys at Wolves on Saturday night, but I just thought, even I can't get away without. My girlfriend's very patient, but that probably would have been a a bit much, especially as we were uh, planning on recording this on Monday as well. But yeah, spent a bit of time in the the back garden as well. Uh, We've got a communal back garden, though, so I haven't really got the the privacy of uh, what you've got, JP. Uh, The nosy neighbours from upstairs are also like in the in the garden vicinity. Um, they're not the best neighbours uh-huh. that are, they're that kind of that couple who are constantly arguing and we've had police knock at our door before um, so you, you try and avoid them but yeah one of the days where I was sitting out in the sun the fella kind of came and tapped me on the shoulder absolutely shit myself turned around he was like oh is, uh, is that bike there yours I've got like a bike behind the back of our, our, our flat I was like yeah yeah and he went do you use it much I was like, no, no. Don't get really. me started on this. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't use it very much. And that was just as opening to be like, oh, do you mind if I borrow it sometime? And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So now we're bike buddies. Why? What was your story going to be? Oh, mate. Yesterday, I had a cracking weekend. Great two weeks off work. Ah, oh, just the best time. Uh, yesterday went for a bit of a bit of a cycle. Um, was with my uh, girlfriend's mates and their two-year-old as well. Having a lovely day in the park as well. Bit oh, of a cycle. Nice baby there and all that go for a bit of a well i wouldn't say a pub lunch i'd say more of a a diner based lunch if anything mm. and uh get out of the get out of where we are get out of the park come back to the bikes two of them nicked oh no one of them a friend's mum's bike oh 400 quid so yeah no. great end to a what was a cracking holiday oh. See, my, my bike's not that expensive but i could imagine this fella just disappearing with it um, but then again, yeah, I don't need it so much living around here. Like when I've come to stay with you guys in Oxford, it's basically bike mm. city, isn't it? So that's a yeah, it's even yeah. more of a killer. It's like losing your car. I've had a few bikes nicked here. Bastards, scum, subhuman scum. That's the uh, three on the same road now. Oh God. yeah, yeah. Yeah, right by JP's house, actually. Where yeah. did they all go? Did they get exported outside of Oxford? Did they all end Cambridge. up in Liverpool? Is that what it is? What's going on? I think it's Cam- there's a lot of it goes between Oxford and Cambridge, by all accounts. Well, I'll be looking for one now, the baby seat on the back, that's for sure, oh. because I don't know how much of a market there's going to be for bikes with baby seats on the back. Did you have your kids on the back of your bike back of the day? Yeah. yeah. Ever get that one nicked? No. Bastards. <laughs> they always nick my bikes. Sorry, we've... The pits have turned us into the potential <laughs> bike and bike theft podcast on Grapple. Well, the guy up there sounds like a right skelly. Yeah, yeah he is. He is. I'll let, you, I'll let you use that word in this particular context because it's definitely right. Um, do, you have a good, <laughs> do you have a good 420, JP, by the way? I felt like I should ask. I I did. I did. Well, I, was, I, I was repping everyone. So, uh, did, did you, see the, see, you, you saw the picture of uh, Riddle and RVD? 
Oh. Were, you, were you sad that you weren't in it? Well, you know, in a just world, he'd have been at DTTI this weekend, and that would have been an absolute like belter. Well, you got he had Dave Christ instead, didn't you? I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you and Dave Christ are new friends now, Irish Airborne. Nice, nice lad. Done a big dive next to us, and then before we know it, you know, got, got the um, being cheap, sociable cheap tequilas in, did he? He, he Sambucas. Oh, Sam, Sammy B. Sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> But I did probably not as good a 420 as what Riddle and um, RVD do. On a serious note, is he a, like? Is he? A, I'm. A, he is allowed to smoke, isn't he? Who Riddle? Yeah. I don't know. I think it is. Is it still a fine system they've got? I know Rob Van Dam used to get away with it for that reason. But it seems ridiculous that they're going to do it with so many states where they're going to be in where it is legal. Mm. Like to a degree, it doesn't make, and it's it's not like it's competitive sport. Yeah, but that company operate by their own rules, don't they? Do they care about any laws ultimately? George Zahorian. No, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. There is there is all that kind of stuff. I've always found that like um, I imagine that for a lot of people, if it had been easy access, you wouldn't perhaps I don't know at times have as much of a pain pill problem as there was back in the day. <laughs> there you go. JP's solution to all the problems. Maybe that's why we're not exactly. having so many early deaths anymore. Maybe they're all on the exactly. Yeah, Ex- yeah. Ex- so you're saying if Eddie Guerrero was sparking one up with RVD, he'd still be in now? No, I'm not saying like can't really say like steroids, but things like somers and the ah, rest yeah. of it. That those kind of painkillers. Was it Bo Dallas who got busted for something like that? Like not long ago, I'm sure somebody like that. It was. I think somers are still a still an issue in wrestling. Oh. Um, God, I hope not. They used to just remember horror stories from the mid to late 90s. And you'd be reading, like, Power Slam, and you'd be inevitably, like, wrestler deaths, and you'd hear about... I always think of Louis Spicoli when I think of of that. Um, And I don't... We're not talking about it on this show, but um, it's been interesting because I've been watching a couple... uh, The... um, I'm looking forward to the Von Erich story that's going to be on the Viceland documentary. Mm. It'll be like the fourth Von Erich documentary that I've ever seen in my life. Um, Some of a completist in that regard. And it would be fascinating to see how far down the route that they go. And also with the Gino Hernandez stories. Mm. Yeah. Drugs in wrestling, always a happy topic that everyone <laughs> loves discussing. 420 to death, eh? Yeah, so exactly. Gateway drug is Gateway, That's Yeah, exactly. Have you uh, made Joe watch that Bray Wyatt video yet? That's pretty drug-induced. Oh, no, no. He, he said he wanted no part of it. Br- Bray Wyatt is Pat Sharp, not do it for you, uh, Joe, no? no? I've got my limits. <laughs> Funhouse, yeah, I'm all right with Funhouse. Uh, the go-kart, the twins, the yellow and red that they like, you, like mm-hmm. to use the colour coding. Absolutely fine, a bit of Funhouse. Did he do that Finders Keepers show as well, if I'm rightly, or was that the... The other bloke looks a bit like Pat Sharp. Can't remember, but... Bono's definitely, but that one I'm not too sure on. I'd rather see Pat Sharp do Pat Sharp. I don't want to see Bray Wyatt doing a cheap imitation of one of my childhood favourites. So, no, I can I can do without him. Just Bray Wyatt up there amongst my most disliked wrestlers of all time. Absolute <laughs> shite. And he, this will last five minutes. We're going to go wild about it again. Like, will they? I don't know. But people went wild about that first gimmick. And I told people that it was going to go. He's going to have a few with John Cena at some point where it looks like he might be on the edge of being the man. His gimmick will peak and they'll lose to him. And then his gimmick will die. And that happened. 
I'm an oracle when it comes to this wrestling lark. <laughs> See these these single punchline kind of gimmicks just uh, just never work. Uh, would it wind would it wind you up any more, Joe, to find out that Jim Smallman was putting it over on Twitter today, comparing it to 1993 Doink and uh, and Waylon Mercy in a complimentary way. Waylon Mercy got the potential to be brilliant. I think is what he said. You know, he's got a big air. Well, Waylon Jim Smallman. Jim Smallman puts over 700 people when he's at a venue as his best friend. So, you know, <laughs> at this point, I have 700 best friends. I've barely got two best friends. You know, the guy's a fraud, so whatever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you Bray Wyatt to get you going. Uh, have you seen... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a he's... tough game of football I played tonight as well. So, you know, probably reading a bit from that. I'll tell you what was good on that row, though. They, had their, uh, they did the three-way with AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Rey Mysterio. That was a lot mm. of fun. rest of the show, absolutely awful, I believe. I basically tuned out out of that one. But, yeah, I didn't stick around to watch the, the Bray Wyatt promo live. But I think that match gave it three and a half on Grapple. Probably the highest-rated Raw match I've had in a good while. You know, not all bad. That's it. But how long was that match? 10, 12 minutes? Well, I mean, that match plus, like, they had, like, a, a promo battle before it because I, I just happened to be up. Uh, I still haven't broken out of my me, uh, me WrestleMania weekend sleep schedule. And they did, like, that half an hour revolving door promo where they've got, they had two big three-way matches happen. Well, I say two big three-way matches happen. Two three-way matches happening on the night. And obviously, all six people had to come out in turn to have a promo battle with Seth Rollins, who was in the ring with Triple H. That lasted about half an hour, and then the match was probably another 15, something like that. But yeah, that, that's my limit on watching Raw. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to be... I'm, we're never, gonna, never ever going to turn this into a, a match-by-match Raw podcast. God uh, God help the people who, uh, who do do that and have to watch anything more than like the one odd good match that you get every once in a while. It just quite often for what can end up being fifteen minutes of joy, you've got two hours forty five, <laughs> two hours forty five minutes of sheer shite, and it's only joyful by comparison with everything that bad. You're better off watching Joel Redman in Champions Carnival. <laughs> the delights of that have been uh, mm. quite to be honest with you. Joel Redman Namora, what a match! <laughs> yeah, we've yeah launch it launch it straight into it. Have you met the Champions Carnival, Benno? No. Um, <laughs> Are you going to watch any of the Champions Carnival, Benno? No, you but you you get see, you've got only got yourselves to blame. You both put yourselves up to the uh, to the Redmond mm. challenge. Uh, I didn't um, want anything to do with it. Off oh, five, I'm five matches down in the Redmond challenge. I'm not catching up with you. I've watched two, and I might watch a couple more. We'll see how it goes, and I'll I'll, I'll listen to your reviews. But you know what? I was all ready to shit on him. And he's improved, and he's much better than I thought he was going to be. The match with Namora was actually a really good contest. I can't believe mm. how much control Joel Redman had over that crowd. He yeah. didn't know exactly what to do at the right time. Like, good level of intensity, didn't overuse it, was intense when he needed to be intense in the match to change the pace of the match. Mm. So like his instincts were, like, bizarrely good. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, his... His mat wrestling, he does um, a really good... I mean, it's, his mat wrestling, people are really into. And, I mean, Namora in that match in particular was really selling it. But this is the weird thing. I've, of the five matches I've seen, and I've gone through and reviewed them on Grapple, the one I disliked was... Well, I say disliked. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but I thought I had to see it was Sam Adonis versus Joel Redman, which okay, could have been awful. No. 
and it's not a what you'd say is a particularly good match, but it's not the shits. It's not terrible. You've seen a lot worse than this. I press. And I was like, exactly. So I'd gone in there thinking that, that was going to be awful. Then the Mora match was good, the Sawama match. I oh, thought, was, have you seen that? Because I yeah, was that yesterday. I saw it today. It was up on YouTube, of all places. Okay. Um, and what's the other ones that I've seen? Uh, I didn't see the Yoshida one. I saw that one. That that was that his moments. He was good in it. I didn't don't rate Yoshida. Um, mm. it, it felt kind of like a raw match, but Redmond was absolutely fine in it. Like I was quite impressed of him, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because of all the of of the other people. Like you look at Sam Adonis, for example. Like he's playing very much generic heel, mm. and he, so he's not doing any homophobic stuff like wisely staying away from all of that for the cheap. He doesn't do that, but it's just more of a, of a cocky Western heel. Um, whereas Redman has kind of got this, the stoic look that he's had, which is over here, just sort of died a death over there. It seems to work. That audience really like him. He seems quite up for it as well. Yeah. And his entrance, I was like, bloody hell. You know, he's not as muscular as he was. He's he's dropped a bit of weight. He's still got a body, though. Oh, he's still got a body, but by God, he looks good. He's he's someone I think they're going to end up bringing him back on regular tours. And speaking to, um, I was speaking to Struger about this. Hmm. Apparently, the email from All Japan ended up in his junk folder. So he didn't see it, first of all. He only saw it in time. So that's. That sounds like a Josh Bosom excuse to me, though. It, but he's he turned up. Yeah, but it's and... not a Josh Bowden excuse then. <laughs> That's yeah, That's exactly. The difference, <laughs> yeah, he, t- he and you know, good luck to him. I mean, I'm Absolutely. more than willing to 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 kind of talk about how shit his matches have been in the past. You could tell as well that he's been working the camps a lot because there are certain things that he was doing. Hmm during the match in terms of actually controlling the crowd where they came across like a crowd that you might get at a camp show. And he knew exactly what to do at those points mm. in time. There's real evidence that he's been doing a lot of that. And you know what? Good on the bloke. Um, I don't know. I can't remember what block he's in, but the one match I did watch from this tournament that I loved, and I watched it because I loved the match in 2017, was Kento Miyahara against um, Shuji Ishikawa. Mm. And that was awesome. That was a proper proper match shit crowd shit venue but the match was excellent um sorry my mind's mine miyahara is absolutely yeah. awesome like that man is one of the best in the world right now if you ask me just great performance for the match really great chemistry of ishikawa big man little man chemistry mm. yeah really great match that i recommend will actually go out of their way to watch is this going to be like when on the Andy and Andy podcast where there's the 30 week wrestling challenge? Have we started the 30 week Joel Redman challenge here? Is this what this segment's I've had my fill of Joel Redman for the next year. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to stick with him to the end here. And he's had some, like, they've given him some big, they've given him the win over Nomura as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's been, if you like your sort of big hoss lad stuff for the most part, it, there's a lot of that. And it's perfectly fine and it's quite easy to watch generally. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we'll uh, maybe we'll check in then week to week and uh, and go through it and see see how he's doing. And uh, we've not really ever talked any like all Japan, have we, on this podcast much either? So no. kind of interesting to you piqued me interest a little bit there, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll leave the. Uh... I'd wait for the big shows. Yeah. Okay. The venues that they're running yeah. are 
uh, sort of single cam shoots in quite wide open venues that just have like the house lights on. They're not aesthetically pleasing. It's kind of difficult to watch at times. Uh, but when it's good, it's good. And that Miyahara Ishikawa match was top notch. I'd say Miyahara Aoki. I haven't said there's a couple of other ones I've seen people giving reviews for on, on the grapple app, which have been have been saying are really good. So hopefully I'll get a chance to catch up and see them. Oh, good stuff. Um, I suppose on a on other other Japan note, have you seen the uh, best of Super Juniors uh, lineup that came out today? Yeah, Jesus, it's a lineup and a half, isn't it? Mm. What, what do you make of the? They seem to be. I mean, I made up the Greshams in there. Uh, yes, it seems that El Fantasmo is in there, but they're kind of they're advertising them as X, aren't they? Like they did, uh, like they did last year with Shingo, and they're doing the same. Same thing, but the, the he's literally in all the videos. Like I don't know if you saw, have you seen the hype video at all, Joe, for it? Where there's like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Where they go yeah, and they yeah. like they show him at the end with his glasses on, but he's still X. Like I don't really understand what the what they're kind of getting at with that. Is it? There's no mystery there. Are they going to change his name? It's so weird. New Japan and hype. They always do a kind of weird job with this sort of hype. I find um, the, the the hype when they do some of this is never something I get excited about. <laughs> it always feels a bit anticlimactic because we kind of know who it is uh i'd be glad to see him in there i think he's earned the spot and i think he's only going to improve when he has the tournament under his belt as well um i think the lineup looks generally okay uh there's some good guys in there It'd be good to see show in singles again mm. thought he had a really good tournament last year uh you got a good mix of vets in there as well but seeing someone like gresham in there seeing bandido in there as well will be fun so yeah, I'm sure there'll be some notable stuff from the tournament. Weird that Osprey's in there, isn't it? I was sorry, I was just going to say, JP, just weird that, like, I mean, mm. it, it is, you know, I made up Flip Gordon's out there again. They're the kind of guys that I was expecting to get spotlighted. And I know it's a 20 man field. Weird as well, it's over 15 days. So presumably there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching with the blocks, a bit like what we used to get with the G1s. Uh, mm. But yeah, I thought it was weird. Osprey was the name that stuck out for me as a weird one. I just thought they were going to go all the way with him as a heavyweight maybe this is a step on the way there because yeah i think he's a uh, him and shingo probably a little bit big for the uh for the juniors at this point it, it, that seems to be sort of the early impression of which direction do they go in is this where they're going to really build up shingo hmm. as being the guy have his you know at some point build up to him having a big run i mean osprey really shouldn't be in there i mean i know that they've Gives it that star power, though. It does give it the star, and and that's ultimately it. They're running Sumo Hall as mm. the as as the final. You know, you're talking wanting to at least get about nine k. I mean, is Shingo versus Osprey able to do that? If it's on the back of a kind of amazing run, I mean, I think for match quality, this is going to be something else because there's people in there like that. I like like Desperado, mm. who I think I've perfectly good have some good match we forget about someone like ishimori i also imagine as well this is where hiromu will make possibly make his comeback as well like not in terms of wrestling but maybe make an appearance at the end mm. maybe a sumo hall itself yeah, yeah possibly. a sumo hall yeah i think osprey gets to the final and then he puts someone over big because coming off the mm. never rain as well and probably moving to heavyweight i think this will be his last best of the super juniors and i think you can put someone over osprey big if you want to as well and really make someone so mm. yeah it should be an exciting tournament yeah, that's it. Plenty of like plenty of uh, 
not just Osprey, plenty of international involvement, like you listed there. The mm-hmm. fact that like a, a Robbie Eagles is involved this year as well. Um, it's, it's an interesting lineup. I think it'll uh, a lot of the time with the best of Super Juniors, it's a tournament that I'll just kind of jump in for for certain matches. Uh, but depending on how the the two blocks work out and how the days actually work out, I could see it being one that I'm going to probably pay closer attention. Oh, to sorry, could you hear that? Oh, I've just seen Watford have equalised against Saints. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, that was going to come through. Gutter, <laughs> What's the score? Oh. 90th, 90th minute. Oh. Sorry, it's carry a, on. It's so good. Uh, what, what's like Saints' position right now? Are they, I don't even know where they are in the league. I think, I think we're going to be safe, mm. especially now that Brighton lost. Mm. Uh, we're 16th. Brighton are three points behind us. And they're in 17th, and Cardiff are six points behind us. If we'd have won tonight, I'd have thought, yeah, we're absolutely safe. I still think, I still can't see us going down, but that's bloody annoying. Goal in the first minute of the 90th minute. Yeah, the goal after six seconds tonight. Yeah, we've conceded so many late goals this season <laughs> as well. No. Sorry, let, let's carry on. So I'll derail. So JP's had to sit through Tottenham doing well. Mate, yeah, it's, that's the story of this podcast in general, as he gets derailed. <laughs> On earth. Yeah, it's from so from Saints to Shingo Takagi. Uh, <laughs> trying to trying to get a link on it there. I yeah, gonna, I, I actually sorry, go on. I was going to say yeah, this one that when when we were out um, for the DTTI in Manchester, like Ever- Everton walk, walked in the pub. Everton scored the fourth goal, four 0 against Manchester United. It's that time of the season where you just can't predict anything, can you? Um, but there is a wrestling link there, though. Actually, I did find out this week that Oli Gold Gunnar Solskjaer's dad was a wrestler. I don't know if you knew that that trivia fact. That's a thing. What? Yeah, it, apparently it, it said. I can't remember. What it's, I've just trying to, yeah, trying to bring up a, 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 the the article. That was on the BBC. Apparently, on the his father wow. Ovin oh. o, Ovind. Apparently, is his name the six oh, time yeah. six time wrestling champion of Norway. Is this amateur or professional? See, the picture in the BBC article is of a man in a mask. But then it, it's oh. a, 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 is it clickbait? Are they trying to work you in? Uh, there's a wrestling, director of a wrestling club. See, this this is feeling more and more like like shoot wrestling. Hard to tell. Uh, okay. So okay. It's, it's not his dad's not working the Norwegian indies then, outside of Oslo? I think so. But it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a great little, uh, great little fact if he was. Oh, if I was running, if I was running a, a wrestling company in Norway, I'd be getting on the trying to get him in there, trying to see him get Solskjaer on next time he's over. Have a Manchester indie bring Solskjaer in, have Future Shock or someone bring Solskjaer in. <laughs> next time, uh, Tetsujin shoot style do a show. You know, even if it is shoot wrestling, he knows his way around. You know, get him in ambition. Solskjaer uh, in ambition. There you go. Them lads at Tetsujin are too cool for their own good. They wouldn't like like irony in their serious shoots all of them, would they? But you would, know, would it work for spin kicks. This are all right. Where were we anyway? We're completely derailed now. Oh, the other thing I was going to ask yes. you about: uh, big news. CM Punk's a wrestler again. Speaking of uh, wrestling in masks, did you uh, did you catch any of that, Joe? Uh, my Twitter kind of blew up. That was another thing that happened to me over the weekend. Oh, I saw the video of the sloppy GTS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was the biggest giveaway. It looked like a trampoline, didn't it? <laughs> Indie show, isn't it? Like, I it was weird because, like, I f- for some reason, you know, when when people's likes pop up in your feed, something came up like CM Punk liked this tweet, I think, from Dave Prezak, and it was of that show, and it was just like that's a bit a bit weird. And I clicked into it, and it's like this. Um, 
famed uh, indie wrestling venue. Uh, that the I think it, it was um, whose promotion is it? Silas Young. Yes, yeah, Silas. So it's in Milwaukee, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, Silas Young. And that's where he that's where he trains with Duke Rufus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, where Silas Young's MKE wrestling it is. Um, but yeah, it kind of popped into my feed. The punk was like like liking people uh, tweeting about it, including Prazak. Uh, I think the, what's the venue called Knights of Columbus that's the name of it and I just thought that's a little bit weird how cool maybe maybe that's the type of thing you might actually be tempted to put appearance at and then yeah MK Wrestling posted like the video of him coming out and doing that awful go to sleep with a mask on then Reddit picked up my tweet and then before like literally for the next th- I had to turn notifications off for two days I got something <laughs> daft, like 600 <laughs> likes or something on it I turned I haven't even looked at all the replies I was getting all kinds of replies uh, about punk people were posting pictures of him in a matching hoodie uh to the hoodie he was wearing when he did the move it's definitely him there's no doubt uh but yeah interesting that that's the that's the way he's chose to uh to return to wrestling it's it's a i can't there's something quite admirable in a way of coming back and doing something that's sort of that's so deliberately low-key when he hasn't been in a rest you know hasn't been in a wrestling ring for what, five years now mm. Uh, more than that, more, yeah, so, yeah, five five and a half years. So the idea, I mean, the kind of sloppiness of the of the um, GTS, I was kind of all right with because it did look like just sort of a strange ring. It looks where like you he hit him with your... the wrong leg, like the wrong knee, yeah, like the reverse version, that like the Benadryl style. He's um, <laughs> maybe that was the reference he was going for. <laughs> um, he was never the best athlete, though, was he? even at his peak. Like I love CM Punk, no. but he wasn't your your in ring worker that he was kind of his reputation became later on. He he loves he loves doing the MMA clearly, mm. and he really enjoys himself. And but he's not any good at it. That's ultimately it. Mm. He but he enjoys it and he has fun. And I kind of like the fact that obviously he could come back for such ridiculous money, but. Like, Apparently, he's done a few of these. That's, it's in some ways that's quite quite sweet. He's done a few of them. Apparently, it's not the first time he's done this. Mm. Really? When else has he done it? Apparently, like in the was it the build to a uh, wrestling road diaries three before he fell out with Cabana? Like they did some kind of angle on some other show. I've not seen the clip myself, uh, but apparently, it didn't make the documentary because they they since fell out. Ah, interesting. Oh, mm. that's a real shame, actually. Well, there's a DVD extra Colt Cabana probably could have shilled there somewhere, but <laughs> hey. Maybe uh-huh. he will. He's got legal fees. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's weird, though, because he was uh, sort of camping it up as well. Mm. <clears throat> like, the way he ran off, it was kind of like... Like a conquistador, wasn't it? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It was like when Edge and Christian were doing the conquistadors. Like, he really played into the fact that he had this mask on, which was quite fun. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you think he'll turn out to be this librarian character in AEW, whatever the the fuck they're trying to do with that? Maybe there's a, maybe there's a tie there. I always thought when they were doing the um, the straight edge bear stuff, uh, and they had like the bar, mm-hmm. the biz- business bear, that felt like pure build up to all emphasis and punk to come out and be one of the bears, especially especially the uh, yeah the, the the business bear. Well, there was a lot of reports, wasn't it, that this is the that Tony Khan of all the people he wanted before, you know, if he was going to do a wrestling promotion, CM Punk was the guy that he would want to have. And by God, the reaction it would get amongst the kind of, certainly the hardcore wrestling fans would be pretty incredible. I have to admit, and it'll probably be a common theme, somewhat of a theme of the show. He's not necessarily the, you know, what seems to be the sort of over friendliest guy in the world, but ultimately he's, I've always been a fan of his. 
Always good with the ladies. I wonder if he, he'd be as good at, as good at wanking dogs. <laughs> but, you know, if he is, good on it. It was always going to go back there, wasn't it? <laughs> I'd love to see him in AEW. Absolutely. And to be honest, anything that's a fuck it to WWE at the moment is something that I'm like well into. So, yeah. AEW's like going to die, Joe, though. They've got the, the, the buying time on Fox, apparently. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's no future there for them. Is that true? No. Like, I believe I bought like... it, I'll be honest. Like, I got back on Thursday night, I think, after the TNT mm. show when it was all kicking off. And it did seem legit. And even I was like, like if if this is true and the buying time on TV and Meltzer's been bigging them up to the extent he's been bigging them up for all these weeks, then, you know, that that is not good. Like, that's not a good look for Dave Meltzer. But then it seems to have turned out. Meltzer's come out and denied it. Other people have denied it as well, that it's not true. Uh, so I don't really know where the where the story was, uh, was coming from. Just uh, rumours, uh, people having different sources. Weird one. Uh, it would be a shame, though, yeah? I mean... They're on TV. They're on TV, but yeah, it wouldn't say much about the uh, the confidence like these TV networks would have in the product if they if they really were buying time like they were TNA in two thousand six. The thing I found weird about it was the like gleeful reaction by a sort of small minority to it being a time buy and then like being a ridiculous promotion or the rest of it. it was like what? Like what is bad about this? Like. Mm. It's a group of guys who have kind of made themselves outside of a system and are giving this a go and trying to do something else. Yeah, they've got a guy who's a billionaire, top man as well, backing <laughs> them. But at the same time, like, why would you be happy about this? Like, this, like, the mainstream of the wrestling business is so unbelievably stale. Like, why wouldn't you mm. want it to be freshened up? Why wouldn't you want another option there? If you're that into the wrestlers, why wouldn't you want another option there for them to go work as well? Like, I just do not understand people who gain some form of joy from AEW potentially failing. It's just so odd. I don't know what it's kind of substantiated on if anything mm. i don't know i think there's i would say like the positivity is is kind of not dissipated but with being the elite being quite a, a slog these last few weeks for them doing shitty angles like that librarian angle just with it being a down point in general you know while we wait for for the double or nothing show I, th- I do think, like, yeah, a big bit of negativity is uh, kind of creeped in there. Uh, that's not to say, like, just being blindly positive either is is great mm. either with it either. You know, just uh, assuming it's going to be great. And there are, you know, potential issues there. The, the I've kind of thought myself, the tone of, of being the elite, does that really fit a, you know, a weekly wrestling show? What are they going to do this different? But then even when I've got a complaint like that, they can quiet me with, with videos like that Cody and Dustin video that I love this week. Yeah. So I'm still very positive on them, but it does feel like, yeah, there's a bit more negativity creeping in. But I think as well, we don't know fully what this is going to be yet. Mm. We've seen All In. That was great. Um, <clears throat> they understand the fan base for the most part as well. Mm. Like, just give it a chance. Like, I'm not saying this is going to be blow away. I'll go into it with a kind of objective mind, if anything. Mm. But I feel like this speaks to this almost like instantaneous want-it-now culture that we currently live in. And I'll be honest, not being on Twitter, I feel distant from that kind of culture. Mm. I don't feel that 
even now, like I'm waiting till May. I'm fine to wait a few more weeks. I don't need to see being the elite every week. I don't want content from them now. There's enough bloody content from wrestling and all of my other interests to keep me entertained. I said to JP earlier on, I'm never bored. It's impossible for me to be bored mm. because there's so much that I can do now and so much I can watch now. And I just don't understand why you'd be basing like a show and a potential television show that might come up in a TV deal off of being the elite. It just feels like, yeah, it's connected, but the parts are quite disparate. If mm. anything, I just think it's a silly mm. way to judge something that could be a game changer in the wrestling business. I think that, I think that a lot of the negativity <clears> comes <throat> from though, those competing elements, like how are they going to make that work? You know, there's obviously, <laughs> there's a lot of cooks there. And obviously there's a, there seems to be a want from the Tony Khan, you know, for you hear the interviews with him and he talks about wanting it to be a pure sports presentation. And then you do watch being the elite week to week. I've got a bit more sympathy for that kind of like, hang on, how do these two worlds blend and, and create, you know, whatever they're going to be going for. But, you know, I, I'm the same as you though. At the end of the day, it's a wait and see and they're doing enough, you know, the, the, all of the matches for the big show coming up for double or nothing look great. Like I mentioned that Cody and Dustin video, look great so even if i have got some some questions in the back of my head yeah you know i'm not i wouldn't take any glee in it and it's definitely so you know a, more of a, a wait and see attitude as to, to what they what it actually looks like when it when it does start to and they do start putting shows out well i guess there were some staunch home counties tories in 1997 who weren't voting for change so you know i'll just associate these a lot with them <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, looking at what we've got, two weeks, it's May 5th, it's on, isn't it? Oh, it's like snuck up so quickly. It's so, you know, you've after that, they've got to show the month afterwards, then it's going to be all in two. I think the month after that, so mm. we're going to know soon enough. And I think sometimes this might be playing into the fact that there is a bit of a vacuum of information, but obviously, it's there's going to be a hell of a lot of anticipation on the show with a lot of things that they're going to end up doing. So I'm fascinated to see the direction on it. I'm not making any judgments. The TV stuff, it just doesn't seem what a major network would do, mm. that they would want to have primetime real estate being basically sold as a time buy. Mm. Because as we know with the USA network, kind of appearances is everything. And it's all about for them being able to say that you're the number one cable network on this particular night. If, you, if you're having to sell... Um, prime time space to a wrestling show that you haven't really got any confidence in it by turn makes you look small mm. it doesn't it, it doesn't work in that way so it, it never felt like something to me that that was particularly a starter and given the the what people want at the moment is you know live sport rate live sport rights seem to always go up this is sort of becomes live mussy tv programming it's hard to sit with obviously with big backers and the other part of the story that apparently the fact that ring of honor weren't doing the production was apparently some sort of deal breaker i find that personally very hard to believe <laughs> on that cody and dustin video um one of the things that, that i really love about it is is it's playing a lot obviously back into sort of dustin Rhodes, where i remember him in the very early 90s when he had his feud with rick rude mm. in wcw and the way that they used sort of serious drama because it was a match that wwe never did in any meaningful way with the proper build-up um 
I can. I'm not so mad on him necessarily having the face paint. I'd like kind of old school Dustin Rhodes coming out with like the American Dream music that he used the to natural. have. The natural. That's it. The natural music, which is just incredible to see. Um, but I'm excited about it. I, I like Dust. Obviously, I like Dustin Rhodes. There was a match I remember him having one of the better Randy Orton matches I think on Raw before. Oh, that was great. Yeah, and just the drama and the way that they've managed to sell it. It's not like Cody isn't going to do whatever. I think it's going to be like the kind of big emotional ride match of double of double or nothing. Mm. So like, by comparison, like, like the match he had with Nick Aldis was like the big emotional moment of that yeah. show. This is the same one again. And it's the best use of Cody who isn't going to have necessarily a great match, but this one, they can have a kind of really wild affair. That's how they sold and, me. Cause I was kind of, yeah. On site, I was like, ah, I don't really want to see that match. Like, uh, just uh, gold dust in WWE. He's kind of probably stuck around longer than than he needed to. And I don't know. I kind of thought, oh, you could probably do something more interesting with MG- MJF. But yeah, like you say, when they cut that video and they made it personal, and they had dust, you know, they had Dustin talking about like his history and teasing this new character that's hopefully going to be better than Seven uh, with the red <laughs> makeup and hopefully has a more lasting power. I've got more. I've got faith in the lads to pull it off. Uh, it did, yeah, it got me involved, and it made me think it's going to be, like you say, that emotional match, like the Aldous match that kind of, for for most people, you know, myself included, kind of came out of nowhere, and if anything, ended up being the high, highlight of All In. Yeah, I think, and, you know, none of, and I think all of us weren't looking forward to that when we were going into watching All In, and it turned, and it turned out to be a little really fun match, and really enjoyed it. I think next time it'll be Cody and Joel Redman as uh, the next British man across the ring from it, a big show, possibly, if he carries on the way he's going. Uh, I would say I wanted to see more of a feud between them. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't have minded seeing them tag, maybe facing the Young Bucks or someone, first mm. of all, and then them doing some kind of storyline where there's a disagreement, mm. a clash of philosophy or something. And then they lead to a match later on because I think it's something you can really build up mm. uh, and you can have feel like a bigger moment. And I think just throwing it out randomly, I think it'll probably work on the night because mm. I think anything on that show probably will work because of the anticipation they've built, the sellout crowd and all the rest of it. But yeah, it would have been nice to have seen a little bit more story uh, going into this. But I suppose yeah. the story tells itself to an extent. That's it. A few more of those mm. videos. I think there's something to be said as well for Dustin not being hot off his WWE run, but you know the first time you see him is going to be special. Is it still going to be special later on down the line? They're, kind of, they're doing it in reverse, though, aren't they? You're probably going to get the big singles match, and then you're going to get... I would imagine a heel like MJF comes out at the end and ruins the happy party, or you lead to, to like tags with the Young Bucks some other way. Mm. Uh, they're, just, they're doing it, aren't they, just in a, in a bit of a reverse state? Yeah, I think so. And at this point, I mean, they've they've managed to do these builds. Uh, you know, they did them well in the build up to to All In. So you'd hope that they're going to be able to do this again. But I have to say, obviously, for me, in terms of the other matches, I'm not particularly as excited. I don't follow the Double or Nothing videos as much. I find some of the the talent announcements are the things that predominantly I'm keeping an eye on. But I'm not necessarily as sold on a lot of the other parts of the card like the lucha brothers versus um young bucks match isn't something necessarily that i'm particularly excited by which sounds crazy because i do love both teams but it's yeah it's probably the triple a thing that's done it for me i'm sure i'm a night it'll be good yeah it'll be great yeah yeah that's it 
And we've only got a month to go, so yeah, yeah. it'll be uh, it's very interesting to watch. Um, I mean, anything else before we get into to what we've been watching? Any other any thoughts on the the Viking experience or uh, Shane Strickland and Kashida going to WWE? That was another note to make. Carlos Romo and Akid turning up at NXT UK. Uh, <laughs> any thoughts? Oh, Jamie I mean, Hater as well. Yeah. Were they not just there as enhancements, Helen? That's though, what I way? think. Yeah, mm. they use like Damien Dunn, a few other guys like that before, haven't they? Candy Floss, I think, as well. Yeah. 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 I think people were panicking about it, and that's kind of my take that, that that's what they're using them as, because it would be the absolute, for me, the wrong time. You know, obviously, a WWE yeah. contract is, for most wrestlers, you know, something to, to, to aim for and go for. And, you know, if it was offered could understand them taking it but yeah that that they're two wrestlers especially a kid who you'd think you know a couple of year in the run before they do that would would probably be the ideal um let's hope it is it is just that it looked about as empty of those tapings as ipw in jamaica queens mm. it looked like hardly anyone was there like mm. it looked like there was black tarp and everywhere like the curtains were down like did you see any reports on what numbers they did for these shows I haven't seen the numbers, but I've seen the same photos as you. Uh, yeah, it looked particularly dead in the uh, the upper decks. But again, it's on a weekend, isn't it? Where DTTI is going on, where there mm. are other shows up and down the country happening as well. It's not exactly the hottest product, is it? Even if you are offering a, a Pete Dunwalter rematch. Yeah, just bleak uh, NXT UK once again, and I won't be watching. So it doesn't exist in my mind. <laughs> And then they brought back Alexander Wolf as well. Is that is that not going to entice you in? No. We already saw the Alexander Wolf return, really, and that was that was great at the time for what he was. You know, if the Pete Dunwalter match gets good reviews, or if it's something you want to talk mm. about here, I'll happily watch it. But I'm not going out of my way to watch this placeholder wrestling rubbish that NXT UK ultimately is. Imperium do anything for you as a name, Joe? No. Um, it's just a name, isn't it? Like the Viking <laughs> experience is a name. It's better than the Viking experience, but Viking Raiders now. Yeah, what's that about? Yeah, yeah. And what, what, all these what, the what still... Rowan Hansen called like Victor or Eric, something. Eric with a K. Just God. An Eval. Oh my. I Eval. I'll continue to call him Hansen and Row. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, well, yeah, one of those people who still call. Uh, Brian Daniel Bryanson. Daniel Bryanson? Brian Danielson <laughs> uh, in 2019. Cesaro still Claudio. Yeah, it, it's come to something though, hasn't it? Where like you're more, I'm more excited about the idea of a Luke Harper going the other way, leave, potentially leaving mm. WWE and ending up whether it's AEW, Ring of Honor or wherever else, he, if he gets his release ends up, than I am about, you know, a potential A-Kid signing or, you know, Shane Strickland, the Kushida report into the Performance Center. Uh, says everything, doesn't it? It's it's a shame because I think Strickland in particular there was like a potentially we might have said this before like a really big year as a, as a run on the Indies that he he could have had, but it just feels within the the sort of performance center that how long will it be till he actually debuts in NXT? By which point has he just been working the Largo loop for a couple of months in order to learn where the hard cam is? By which point the kind of buzz dissipates. I and, think he'll be all right in NXT itself. I don't think he'll make it. I can't see him making it on the main roster, but you know what? Mm-hmm. May surprise us. Well, he's, he's, you know, he's, he is a great wrestler. He's got a good look. He's a good-looking guy. You'd imagine there's a, and he's got a lot of charisma. So you can imagine there would be certainly a, a, a like a real attempt to try and make something with him. But I don't have faith in them at all. So. No. <laughs> 
That's it. Um, I suppose we should uh, get into what we've been watching. Mm-hmm. That kind of kind of it for our quick hits as far as news notes go. Um, we're obviously going to talk about uh, our live experiences. I went to TNT Extreme Wrestling on Thursday. Then you went to night two of the DTTI, and I went to night mm-hmm. three of the DTTI. Uh, is there anything else you've been watching uh, to get out the way quickly before we uh, we go into that stuff? And, uh, other than um, Redman and Mania. <laughs> a couple of really quick ones. I don't know if you guys saw the Zack Sabre Jr. Kota Ibushi match. Not yet. Um, Not yet. Well worth watching. Really great. Have you managed to see it, Benno? I haven't. No, no, no. I was uh, I was busy catching up on Gresham Macabre, which I'm guessing you want to talk about in a minute. I will. Yeah, I would just say in that case, watch it. Well, when you guys have had a chance to see it, then we'll have a proper conversation about it. But it's well, as a, as a show, it's definitely a one-match show. Mm. Watch oh, that. Yeah. You don't need to worry about any of the rest of it. Um, but you mentioned Gresham Macabre, um, which you put me onto. Christ above, that was a match. Mm. It was three, two, one battle of promotion, wasn't it? I'd never heard of them. Yeah. I saw people going going crazy about it online. It was on Twitch, the show, kind of with like a the the commentary was over the live mic. Uh, like, there's a drag queen there, and it's a very hot crowd that are that are very into it. A bit of a weird setup, but yeah. Uh, that's a match that's absolutely worth people uh, going out the way to see. He is. He's got a really. It's a hard one with Maccabay because I mean, we you you hear people. I mean, of, of one of your co-hosts from um, I don't know what to call it now. I can't call it British wrestling experience, can I? Because <laughs> it's got a guy outside of that. That's a conversation European we'll wrestling have to have. experience. You uh, uh, depends depends whether we're still in Europe in a couple of months, mate. Yeah, that's true, Christ. Yeah, open up a can of worms there. <laughs> but someone who, Jamesy, he loves that style. So mm. he's been uh, talking about Daniel Maccabay a fair bit. So I saw a match with him over Mania weekend. And I read something that's like a combination of three things going on with him, where he looks like an emo who's not really that bothered. He wears football shirts. And throughout this one, he was wearing a Chelsea top. He's with lost. his own name on the back. Which I was disappointed having seen him at WrestleMania weekend wearing a quite snazzy Montreal FC top, which looked quite cool. And okay. I thought, I thought, okay, all right, this is interesting if he's, you know, if he's down that route. And he also looks kind of utterly disinterested. And, you know, he's not necessarily like, he's not like he's one of these jacked up guys either kind of has a sort of very regular guy f- physique but my god as a technical wrestler and the work he did the finish and the way he was the story between Gresham's back being done in and his arm and the, and the stuff that was going on it just had I just was there from the very beginning it was absolutely cracking match mm, that's the thing it was like it's the hottest crowd the match was great mm-hmm. as you say but the hottest crowd I've seen for like a technical match in, in God knows how long. They were into it, weren't they? It wasn't like all that great stuff you mentioned was being lost on them. You know, Gresham's arm work early on, every time he grabbed another hold, the crowd were right there with him. Then Maccabee, like you say, doing the uh, y- your laces are untied trick, basically, as the as the heel of the match to hit that drop kick and change the momentum and take over the match. The crowd were into every moment of that as well, every moment of his, his limb work and back work. And it was just like, again, it's a match that got a lot of praise. I mean, I'm not somebody who's going to be going, you know, five stars on it. Uh, I know people, mm-hmm. there are people who did. But as far as a, a match in that style, as a technical match where it kind of just, throughout the match, 
escalated and it was a there was like a pace and a, and a crispness to it that you don't always see in a technical match mm. uh, it was you know if you are interested in that style uh, and if you want to see a match like that in front of a, a crowd that were absolutely loving it uh, it's as good as any any match you'll find especially for that it was only like a what was it like a 10 minute match something like yeah. that uh, it was just it was perfect it was perfect for what it was is probably what I'd say um, yeah. and it's up on Twitch so it's free for everyone to go and watch Mm. I've got to ask, do you think the uh, use of the Chelsea shirt versus a black guy was some subtle storytelling <laughs> on Macabre's? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh. I couldn't resist that racist bastard club. Someone needs to ed- educate Macabre in that club desperately because yeah. I can't stand the bastards. I'll be honest, I think he just likes football. He's doing like a reverse just... scene, isn't he? Just throwing on the random top. Oh. Um... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine how many, like, how many people there are getting. It's quite weird seeing a guy wrestle a match wearing a Yokohama with a shirt with Yokohama tires as oh, a sponsor okay. on it. So, it was, yeah, he needs to be careful it, if he ever comes over here. If anyone books him yeah. over here, he's got over here. He's not probably not educated in the Chelsea headhunters and all them morons, is he? Scumbags. Mm. But I'll definitely give this one a watch. You've sold me on it. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I mean, as well as that, as well. I mean, I was just going to mention JP. I watched the. Uh, did you watch the MJF Ethan Page match that I mentioned as I, well? I haven't seen that one yet. I look that was really to good him. too. Maybe not on that level. Uh, I would definitely say you know, uh, Bakabe and uh, and Gresham. If you were going to take one match from this show to go out and watch, go out and watch that one because it did. You know, Macabe, like you say, is a, does feel like a breakout star this year. If anything, just from uh, the the praise, like you mentioned, James, you've been giving him all year. Mm. Uh, but this was a worthwhile watch as well. It was from Alpha One with Ethan Page's own promotion. Uh, it was on my. I still had my independent wrestling TV trial from Mania Weekend. Uh, they've been building the feud for a while. Ethan Page is like the hometown babyface. MJF is the heel. If I'm honest. The most fun I had was watching the promo battle before it. They had like a two or three minute video showing the back and forth promos. And as far as promo goes, guys go on the indies, there's not really anybody better than those two. Mm. Um, but yeah, re- really fun. But old school kind of brawl. There were some modern tropes, you know, uh, them having uh, doors in there, substituting for tables. It's like the most indie thing ever that people do these days. But and it was a very, it's a very low budget indie setting as well. Not a very busy crowd in like a a big building, but it was a hot crowd. It, it felt like you know I'm jumping at the deep end. It felt like a feud that was built well. It earned its. It was a dog collar stipulation, and I felt like it earned it. Um, yeah, really, you know, fun indie plunder match. That's uh, that's also you know on the opposite end of the uh, the spectrum to Gresham and Macabre. Absolutely worth checking out. Well, hopefully this will be sort of the sign of somewhat of a revival of the American indies because the industry <laughs> on the whole needs that really badly. Needs some really good fresh talent coming through in the North American scene. That's a question. Who's the biggest US indie star to you? We were having this conversation at the weekend. Oh. Who is the biggest US indie star? I actually struggled. Because it's hard because there's so many people under contracts. Pentagon and Phoenix? Do they count, though? With the AAA and the AEW? Kind? I, I think it's them. And Lucha Underground. They do a lot of US indies, though. Yeah, as far as availability in the indies. And as I think... far as star power. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, if you were going star power, I'd say them too. I'd say if you were being strict and said so there had to be an indie guy, it's probably David Starr. But I think they, they've obviously got him beat from, like you say, that star power point of view and from that prevalence point of view being absolutely anywhere everywhere else. Star isn't as over in the US as he is in the UK, though. I think that's the thing that uh, people often forget. Mm. And he doesn't seem to get 
Uh, like he's just started getting booked more regularly in like a PWG, but he's not really like, AAW. He's in a tag team, isn't he? With Eddie mm. Kingston, he doesn't. CZW, seem... he's got long relation. He trained there. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah. But he doesn't seem to be highlighted in US promotions in the same way as he's highlighted in WXW and in the UK promotions. It feels like this is his kind of bread and butter, if anything, over here. Mm. So I don't know if Star would be considered it. Maybe on a worldwide basis, a US indie guy, mm. but. Yeah, that is a tough question. I suppose Pentagon and Phoenix, then Mexican as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that too. So, isn't it? It's like, is it MJF? But not anymore because he's AEW as well. Like every name you think of, because everybody's attached somewhere, aren't they? It's actually quite hard to be like a PWG in the world these days. Ryback. <laughs> <laughs> you know so what? Fred Yehi. If this was a big game of EWR, Ryback would have the most overness. So maybe it is Ryback. <laughs> most name worthiness. He's still got his podcast, hasn't he? He's still going off on Twitter about WWE and independent contractors. He still keeps his name up there, Ryback. Is he still reading all that self-help rubbish as well? The secret. Yeah, God. You ever read the JP? Nope, and and I'm not the kind of person who ever would do. (laughs) Californian bollocks. Brilliant. Uh, Is there anything else that you... Which road you from with California, JP? I don't know why I did that. That seems a bit harsh, but I'm going to stick by my comments and not retract them. I'll have to check the stats here. Who got any Californian listeners? Well, they'll be all right. They'll listen to what they're given. <laughs> uh, the, the other thing I was going to mention as well, as far as uh, what we've been watching, just very, very briefly, just because you recommended it last week, JP, I, I jumped back into MLW properly and watched the last two weeks of TV. Uh, so kind of caught up with what, what you were saying. Talking of MJF, I love that stable he's got in MLW. Him, mm. Richard Holiday, Alex Hammerstone, they're like the the douchebags who'd be in like the the back of the club in the VIP section. They're so great. The, the feud they're doing with the with the heart, I believe it's being paid off next week in a six man match. Uh, in the episode, one of the episodes I watched, the uh, the Hart family stole their car and Brian Pillman <laughs> Jr. mooned them through the window as they drove off. Proper attitude era stuff. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I love MLW. It's a great just for stuff like that. Angles like that, you know, Tom Lawler promos, Sammy Callahan promos, uh, stable wars with LA Park and and all his family. Yeah, the last two weeks of that TV's uh, been a really fun watch as well. But it's got me actually quite excited for that uh, that big six man coming up. Did you watch it on Free Sports as well? No. So I'm not, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I haven't got a bar box anyway, but yeah, I'm not one of the people helping them out with their ratings. Apparently, they didn't make the uh, the top ten this week. But yeah. would you expect them to? I wouldn't expect any wrestling to at this point. I don't think it matters whether it says MLW on the marquee or it says Rev Pro uh, on that channel. There's a, I think there's a ceiling. It's all about the Polish Speedway on that channel. <laughs> ultimately, it. it really is, isn't yeah. it? You're a Polish Speedway fan, JP. Well, I do do a Polish Speedway podcast. You probably I mean, it's all... dipped in at some point. You seem to be a fan of every sport. He was getting annoyed tonight he couldn't get a stream of some League of Ireland game than me and his yeah, son. Yeah, Shamrock Rovers, Bohemians. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little, little bit annoyed, but I'll, I'll get past it. Um, in terms of Polish Speedway, limited knowledge at, at best, but I think it has come on possibly after one of the early repeats of uh, world of the Rev Pro show. So might well have seen it, contributed to whatever 45,000 people are watching that. Very good. <laughs> You're the one, JP. It's just you. That's me. <laughs> Keeping televo- television networks afloat. <laughs> Talking of LA Park, I caught up on <clears throat> a lot of the WrestleMania stuff over the past week that I was away for. Oh, yeah. 
LA Park against Masao Tanaka was a cracking match, I've got to say. <laughs> so you, were doing, did you watched the whole Janela shows, did you catch up on them? Uh, I watched uh, GCW, uh, like they are the only indie, I think, that matter at this point on <laughs> WrestleMania weekend. And that's unfair on WrestleCon, to be fair. But GCW and WrestleCon seem to kind of have it down, GCW more so. Uh, I watched Bloodsport and I watched the first Janela show in full. And I watched most of the second show. I just skipped through the cluster and watched little bits I was interested in, like Crime Time. So... <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed each show. The the time, like two hours each, perfect length for those yeah. shows. I think they really sorted out by not going with WWN this year as well. I think actually getting their mm. own venue, which is a really good venue. They could have probably uh, performed a bigger venue as well, I thought, because each show looked like it was sold out. And what yep. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, being at the Janela show last year, um, there were way more people there in that WWN venue, but the actual setting for this was perfect for what these shows are. Um, I loved that Minoru Suzuki versus Josh Barnett match from mm-hmm. Bloodsport. Um, Bloodsport was such an easy watch. Andy Williams from Every Time I Die. Saw them live a couple of times back in the day. He looks like a different bloke to what he looked like in 2006 when I saw him on a stage, that's Did for sure. Did he not look like Buck Angel in 2006 then, no? He was just like a regular-looking guy who was the lead singer of a hardcore band. Like I don't know what's happened to him. He's completely transformed. <laughs> so one of the hardest men in the universe. Yeah, he's got a bit of a Don Fry thing going on yeah. to some extent. As Don well. Fry meets Goldberg. Yeah, one of my mates is a massive fan of theirs as well. Like, has met him several times. Like follows him around the country occasionally. Like it's taken weeks off work to follow him around on tour and stuff. And uh, I, I was showing him it as well, and he was absolutely loving it. He was like well into it. Um, so that was awesome. Also, you guys did not give Frank Mir enough shit on the show. You did. <laughs> he was bad. He was so bad. Yeah, he was. He, he just he was playing wrestler, wasn't he? He didn't know what what he was doing whatsoever. He strolls to the ring in his MMA shorts, but they look like a pair of shorts he's wearing when he's working out. And he's also, it looks like he's walking to the beach. He's got this permanent tan on. He's got this beach style air. He's got this beach bum kind of manner about him. The t-shirt he's wearing, or the like vest he's wearing, looks like the kind of thing he's grabbed out the back of the wardrobe. Like the kind of thing I wear to the hairdressers when I wear my haircut t-shirt. And he's just thrown <laughs> it on and walked out there as if he's popping down to the beach for the day. He looked like an absolute <laughs> state. He looked like a proper Matalan job that he was wearing to the ring there. Hey, what's like, wrong with Matalan? Come on. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Primark. It looked like some six-pound T-shirt that he picked up. Like, he looked like the most chilled-out, like, couldn't-give-any-fuck sort of guy in the world. And fair play to him, because I'm a big Frank Mir fan, but you did not give him enough shit. No, that's, all that's true. Saying. So that's why I'm giving him shit now. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go with Primark. I'd probably say he looked like he got dressed in, like, the bin at the back of a sports direct. That's what he looked like to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, easy shows to watch, really good fun. Um, yeah, glad that I caught up on those. Feel like I've seen all I need to see from Mania weekend after watching mm-hmm. those. Yeah, that's the main stuff. You don't have to suffer through it like me and JP did. Well, you suffer for your art. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to talk you've been watching or news-wise before we get into the uh, the big stuff we were at this weekend? Nah, Fight Club Pro. Yeah, let's get let's get to the main stuff. Let's talk that. Um, let's talk our big weekender. Uh, yeah, over the weekend, I I got to two shows. You got to the one in Wolverhampton, um, Bank Holiday mm. weekend, big wrestling weekend, as you say. NXT UK was running as well. None of us were were tempted by that. 
Um, but yeah, before we get into the Fight Club Pro stuff, I started my weekend at a, a TNT Extreme Wrestling in Liverpool on Thursday. I feel like I give them more coverage than anybody else, <laughs> just because it's a, a local promotion to me. I don't think you'd have, uh, have heard of them, but otherwise, it, it's basically... I, I, me and my mates would describe it as goth wrestling. I don't know if that translates <laughs> in, uh, in Oxford. That's basically what it is. Uh, ever, ever get called a goth JP when you're growing up? Was that ever a thing? Yeah, yeah, that, that was a thing. I, I, I'm intrigued. Goth wrestling, so the aesthetics sort of just very dark. Oh yeah, we don't mean pro- like when I when I was like a teenager, I was a big hip hop fan. So I'd wear like baggy jeans and dress like Eminem. I look like a fucking idiot. And I'd like, the, I'd have the cap, I'd have the matching hoodie. Uh, I was just try- basically trying to be Eminem, or like I was in the Wu Tang Clan. But to everybody in school, I was a goth because my jeans were baggy. Uh, I, I, yeah, and your alternative, uh, whatever, whatever the way it might be, that makes you a goth. Um, or if you go to the Crazy House in Liverpool, it's a goth club, uh, which is where TNT do their after parties, and where I ended up on uh, on Sunday after the Fight Club Pro Manchester show. Uh, but it's goth in the broad sense of the yeah, kind of you know, black t-shirt squad. Um, oh yeah, alternative attempting to be. Like nineties, I mean, it's in the name, extreme wrestling. I, I, I'm still shocked it hasn't got eight X's in the name. Uh, TNT <laughs> Extreme Wrestling. They're trying to be very like nineties ECW. It's just the aesthetics, just not for me. Uh, it's it's just a weird promotion. Like the the undercards aren't great. Uh, the building, nice where they run, uh, as we've talked about before. They are kind of the the low hanging lights that make it interesting for some of the the wrestlers to do dives, that type of thing. Uh, sight lines aren't great in there, but I think it's a sign of you know what I would say their successes. The the, the shows have definitely been getting busier. They booked on the, they have Pentagon, uh, Phoenix, uh, Pack on this show. So obviously they, they they sold a few more tickets than normal, but it just meant that yeah, an all standing venue like that you can't really see a huge amount if you if you're anywhere near the back. Uh, they've actually seemed to have sectioned bits of the sides off as well, where you used to be able to stand, but now I think there's a VIP section behind it, so you can't stand there. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, as much as like the aesthetic of the promotion isn't for me, if you book names like like what they're booking, I'm uh, I'm still gonna go. What sort of number do they do show-wise? It's hard to call because it is such a small building. I think about, I used to think about two hundred, maybe three hundred, but I don't know whether I'm over, over or underestimating that. It's a very packed in, like the the place where they run used to be called the One Four. It was like a pool slash snooker club in Liverpool. I remember it being a lot bigger uh, than kind of the setup they got there. PCW used to run there. I think Lucha Forever had a show plan to run there as well but it's kind of the ring squashed in one end three or four rows maybe uh, around it um of like of, of standing and then the majority of the standing is all on one side so yeah it's hard to call it doesn't feel like running in a building that small you know profit wise it, it, it's interesting you know, considering some of the names they've been bringing in but yeah. they do do a lot of vip stuff um and they do have a lot of hardcore fans uh who you know who do love them and go out to their shows every month but yeah not a promotion you know even you know as far as like cage match goes you can't get the results on cage match so hopefully no one complains to us about them they're not being on grapple but as far as like a, a local night out kind of show it was worth going to it was a good way to start the weekend i was very sad that i wasn't coming to wolverhampton with you guys so at least mm-hmm. i got this one in uh the two main matches really were ray phoenix el fantasma and pack versus pentagon jr like uh f- to be honest like i was shocked at like how much work the wrestlers put in uh it- 
it could have been, you know, Pentagon, Phoenix, and Packer are all got uh, the big DTTI weekend coming up. It could have been a night off, but to be honest, they all put the work in. Really enjoyed the matches. To be honest, I, I was there mainly for Pack and Pentagon, but Phoenix and El Fantasma had a great match. I mean, probably no surprise it being Phoenix. He's, for me, one of the best in the world as far as in-ring goes at this point. Uh, El Fantasmo is getting getting better. Uh, every time I see him now, I, I, I think I'm enjoying him a little bit more. He feels more confident. He did, you know, although he's on maybe that level just below a Phoenix, he still felt like he he belonged in there. Uh, there was a great spot where the, I think uh, Phoenix was doing like a rope walk spot and El Fantasmo followed him along the ropes on the other side and they met in the middle for, I think it was a drop kick. El Fantasmo did that you know that double springboard dive he does where it, it like lands up he jumps on two corners of the ring rope wise and then did like an arc but rob van damask like sent on into the crowd to take out phoenix they did loads in the match that i wouldn't have expected you know given the setting given the big weekend that phoenix has got coming up i know he's got some visa issues apparently in the u.s at the moment that are being taken care of but still you know the fact that he's coming out here and he's willing to put in in that big of a showcase yeah it was it was really really fun to be honest and i thought yeah it was for me a bit of a as much as i've liked el Fantasma already to see him up close and personal like that and see him hang with a phoenix it did say to me that yeah he's definitely uh improved a lot this year yeah massive improvement i think you're spot on and that's a match that i'd definitely be interested in seeing but do these like have a vod service at all they do or at least they did, uh, but I haven't really checked it out in a while. I don't know how up to date it is. I don't think they're still doing DVDs, but yeah, I think I think it'll it'll resurface somewhere. I mean, I'm not going to go up your way and say it's like a four and a half star match that you absolutely have to right. see. But as far as a a good El Fantasmo performance and a you know a a, a, a a Phoenix performance that you'd expect, you know, in a match that he's that he's that he's well up for. Uh, it's worth seeing from that point of view. I expected, to be honest, to be recommending to you all the Peck Pentagon match. That was good too. I mean, Pentagon's got his formula, hasn't it? He'll come out and he'll throw a couple of zero miedos out and you know hit his big spots and he'll go home. You know, I don't think that's anything to do with the set, and he'll do that on an episode of Impact, won't he? Uh, Pentagon, it's just <laughs> it's just what he does. He knows what gets over, and there's no problem with it. I, I'm in the crowd loving it with everybody else. Um, but that was really enjoyable as well. Maybe not quite to the level, surprisingly, of the uh, the Phoenix El Fantasma match. It was uh, one of those matches where, you know, as usual now, Pac kind of largely played the heel. Uh, he went over with the, uh, what's his finish called? The Red... The black arrow, black arrow now. Black arrow. Yeah, he hit that, and then he did his rings of satin finish, whatever it is, to to submit Pentagon, which was maybe a little bit surprising <laughs> as a finish, but he was always going over, wasn't he? Uh, mostly impressive that he hit the black slash red arrow with those low hanging lights that uh, the TNT have got. Uh, but again, put more effort in than expected, and had a, this isn't one I'd say desperately go out on the VOD checkout, but another uh, really fun match. It's not surprising, I don't think, that ELP and Phoenix deliver on a slightly higher level. I think Phoenix is a much more well-rounded wrestler than Pentagon is. I think Pentagon's got more presence, obviously, mm. and it's probably more of a star. But also, Pack, I think, works the Pack match and does a bit and does what he wants to do, whereas El Fantasmo's got something to prove. Mm. Uh, mm. And a match against Phoenix is a massive opportunity mm. for him at this point his career when he's just off to the best of the super juniors as well and it's kind of all coming together for him yeah. i think at the right time as well like things things yeah. to be clicking mm-hmm. like this is the time isn't it for things to start clicking and i'm i'm more confident now than i was when i first saw, saw the rumors of him going to new japan 
Yeah, I think he's arguably the most improved wrestler over the last year, mm, mm. Uh, anywhere in the world. I can't think of anyone who's maybe improved at quite the he level he came has. came very close on all of our list, on a lot of our lists when we did the year-end show. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he really did. And uh, he's put it together more mm. in the early part of this year as well. So, mm. yeah, glad to be that was a good match. In- interesting he's doing the ladder match on the 10th of May. And then he's off to do the best of the Super Juniors on the 13th. Wow, that's so a like, quick turnaround. That's a really quick turnaround on that from from what I imagine he's got planned for that ladder match. Cause, Jesus. Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, he, he's a guy who has absolutely worked his ass off. Mm. I mean, I remember how indifferent it was when the first time I was seeing him in, is it Leamington? Yeah. Was that the first? No, no it, was it, was before. it was It was Cockpit. It. Yeah. yeah, but May's a massive month for him. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He's gone from being, in my mind, Budget and Helico to being twice the wrestler on Helico. Oh, is, so. come on. <laughs> I knew that gets impression with the dubster. Yeah, yeah. True. It was what he was going for, wasn't it? But no, he's, he's definitely come out on his own and like definitely stands out now. So yeah, he was, to be honest, the absolute highlight mm. of the show. I saw him at the Birch table getting, there was a big queue for him to get photos with him. People seem to like him. So yeah, hopefully, I mean, if he, they keep booking him on TNT shows, I'll probably keep going back. Rest of the card didn't really do a lot for me. There was a four-way death match with Jimmy Havoc, Jack Jester, Drew Parker, uh, and Mikey Whiplash. Uh, oh, yeah. Mate, that got worse and worse of each name. <laughs> There was a great spot where Drew Parker got definitely driving by Whiplash through a pane of glass. I think it was like a shower oh. door. That's what it looked like. I mean, you're not into that, no? Um, oh, you... that Masashi Takeda versus Jimmy Lloyd match. You two were right, mate. You sick fucks. <laughs> See, I'm the sick one. I'll admit it. I enjoyed that stuff. I was mostly surprised, JP. Enjoyed it. Couple of absolute nutters. <laughs> Scissor board. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah JP. Oh. oh, yeah. When it landed yeah. in his neck. Yeah, that was that. Was, I couldn't tell oh. if that was a work or not. Uh, if it was a work, it was I a very good work. Scared Jimmy yeah. Lloyd at that. Point. I think he's worked. Was this was this a kind of light tube death match then as well? Just a lot of gla- no. We don't really seem to do the light tube stuff much over here, do we? Um, they had the, the usual weapons and stuff. The glass was kind of the most notable thing in there. I mean. The main thing I was going to say, though, is, yeah, JP, I don't know if you fancy a trip up to Liverpool, but on, on Thursday, TNT are presenting an evening with Jimmy Havoc. Um, any interest? Oh. In Joe, fancy I, I, oh, In Liverpool? Guess, like, guess who his support just, acts yeah. are? Ah, oh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Spike Treve. Jack Jester, Drew Parker and Mikey, Mikey Whitlash. <laughs> what Jimmy Havoc and friends it's the four hardcore they did like a hardcore a deathmatch tournament uh, a couple of months ago I believe I know someone who went to had a great time I, I was away so I couldn't go but, uh, uh, yeah. do you know what the biggest joke of that all is here's a four way with these guys right deathmatch next week yeah a bunch of mates yeah but they cracking the beers in the match where they probably making some notes for next week getting ready for the big event yeah it was a it, it's a big mate fest basically um but they do you know some of the spots were fun i enjoyed seeing them live uh but yeah it, it was it was all right i mean that was fun to an extent the other couple of tag matches on the undercard that weren't very interesting kings of the north are the uh Seem to be the big baby faces, which is a weird one for Liverpool. It doesn't really, doesn't yeah. really make sense. They were in there against the the Mank Union of Sam Bailey and Rizzy Khan, subbing for Joey Hayes. But all in all, you know, in the booking, Kings of North have been big baby faces for them. But yeah, the, the tag division in general, TNT doesn't do a lot for me. The Page being big lads and beards. When I talk goth wrestling, they're the uh, the poster boys for it. Uh, 
the world champions mark haskins the other match with rampage brown where really the most notable thing is on his entrance rampage broke the the top rope couldn't really tell you much more about it two pros who you know people really highly rate but to be honest he could wrestle them back on i wouldn't be that interested um, <laughs> sorry <laughs> i know mark, i know mark haskins is good I've, I've just seen enough of him i know rampage brown is a you know all the other workers rave about him but i've seen enough of him as well that was fine but still it was worth it to get there to see the see the lads uh pentagon and phoenix and mm-hmm. uh, and lp and pack actually uh put some effort in are you going to go to the Jimmy Avoc piss-up on whatever day it is this week? My mate Matty Edwards, who gets a shout-out very often on this podcast, does want to go. He's a big Jimmy Avoc fan. The TV <laughs> oh, star, is he? He, was, he was on MLW, you know? Big TV star, oh, Jimmy come Avoc. on. You're better than that, pal. He's better than that. <laughs> well, we're going to the um, For Love of Wrestling thing on Saturday with uh, with Sid and Jeff Jarrett. So, you know, we'll probably, oh. save, probably save our money for the big stars. Yeah, you don't want to fund Jimmy Havoc's issues, basically, which is what this is. It feels like it's fun Jimmy Havoc's increasing alcohol issues by just coming along and watching him drink for a night, probably. But <laughs> hey. He will absolutely have a pint in his hand throughout the entire thing, won't he? Um, yeah. But, yeah, tragic. Instead, mate, I'm going to save my money for the love of wrestling on, uh, on Saturday. They've got a Q&A with Double J, Jeff Jarrett, at 9.25 in the morning. They got the they got a Q and A followed by the Outsiders, followed by Ric Flair, followed by a cosplay co- competition, followed by a barbershop reunion with Brutus Beefcake and Marty Janetti. I mean, that's where my money's going, not Jimmy. JP, what are you doing Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously thinking about that's, it there. Uh, Nine twenty-five. Jeff Jarrett could do it. We'd have to go to Liverpool on Friday if Benno will have us, but course, we'll talk about it off air. <laughs> the money, money, money reunion with Ted DiBiase and Virgil. Have you made the list with Chris Jericho? Five times I came with Booker T. NXT UK superstar Pete Dunne. He's a vicious, a psycho, and he wants justice with Sid. And 83 weeks for that special. That's a lineup of live shows. That shit's on Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds incredible. And I, I should actually put it out there as well. I believe there's a grapple sponsorship involved with her for the love of wrestling as well. Full disclosure, um, but I'm not being paid anything to put that over because that's a to me that's a hell of a lineup. Yeah, we'll give star ratings to each performance. Jeff's probably going to steal the show in the opener at nine twenty-five a.m. But hey, <laughs> that's probably so you can get down to uh, transit. You up? Do you reckon he'll even go to bed, or will he just turn up? He'll even go to Tranmere. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah they're, they're, well, they got that big game, haven't they, in the playoffs? Oh, yeah. There you go. I'm glad I've uh, tempted you a little bit. Plus, there's the Undertaker Corner, which is its own entire section away from the q and I don't know what's going on over there, but um, I think it'll just be photo taken and not much else. Yeah. No, it's, it sounds absolutely cracking. <laughs> Get yourself a barbershop photo of Brutus Beefcake and Marty Giannetti. What better way to spend a Saturday? But uh, but I digress. Anyway, yeah, TNT was yeah. fun. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> you guys probably had a, a better time at a, a Fight Club Pro on Saturday. We it did. was all right. Oh. <laughs> well, it was fine. Did you it see was, what's it coming was out like... of the Friday show? Sorry, did you hear the, like the... There was a lot of hype coming out of that Friday show that was making me sad than going on the Saturday. Lots of hype mm. around that. Osprey Dan Maloney match, which I haven't yeah. seen yet, but I don't know. I'm dubious on. People were going absolutely saying about how Gray was, and he's massively over with that crowd. He was it's in there with Will Osprey, though. Let's all be honest. Look, I'm skeptical about Fight Club Pro good match reviews because everyone's pissed at the shows <laughs> yeah, really and true. everyone's been hanging out. Um, and 
it, they're not necessarily focused on the matches a lot of the time, which is fine. It's that sort of promotion. That's mm. what they're there for. So whenever I hear a match in Fight Club Pro is great, I'm always a bit sceptical because I just wonder how much people are invested in that mm. match. And uh, It's Will Ospreay. How many guys has Will Ospreay had their best match with? And Dan Maloney is just another one that's made out of a list. And yeah, I'll give it a watch. Um, but yeah, the... Uh, I don't know. Like the show was fine. I, it was all right, but there was nothing apart from Osprey Phoenix. Uh, there was lots of just serviceable stuff on this card that just kind of happened while lots of people got pissed in the room. Hmm. Usual walls procedure. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah, we were talking about this, and and I think the thing that that I still ultimately feel about it, Fight Club Pro, and, and I enjoyed it, and I was one of those people who was pissed. Um, it was. It was perfectly good fun as a live promotion and as a live experience it for me is kind of reminds me of what progress was we used to go necessarily long to go i'm not saying it's a similar vibe to it i was really into everything in pro like i was into the matches like i was into the stakes that were there but the the kind of social aspect to it that 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 feels obviously very, very very similar to that um but in terms of this as a as a card for me, what I didn't have was investment in the tournament itself. Mm. That wasn't something necessarily that I was particularly interested in. There's, it's the first time I've seen the Schadenfreude storyline live, and like I like the gimmick, and it's got obviously it's created a real buzz around it. But at the same time, I don't know whether it was me that it kind of felt like it's it's I say overkill, which is kind of the point of the angle, and I get that's that's it but it still feels like overkill to me for it sounds like i'm really down on it like really enjoyed it but of the stuff that was outstanding i mean osprey phoenix is the thing i was so sad i couldn't get it that was the match like i there was actually a point in the night where i was thinking i actually might be able to it was too late though i was thinking if i drove would i make it i would have missed the match Uh, it wasn't happening we would we were stood i mean we were stood with um uh, Andy uh, the Ogdens and uh, Will Cooling, we were talking about, it, and Andy had said in terms of Will Osprey, just to add on to it that he's the Cristiano Ronaldo of wrestling, um, and I think yeah. you were saying possibly the Wayne Wayne Rooney. Yeah, my uh, mate Gary was. I think it was his comparison. Yeah. Was yeah. Someone else's. Yeah, that's. <laughs> uh, but but in terms of like you know people have an opinion of him as a as a um, him as a person, okay. which I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care at all. It's got nothing to do with me. As a wrestler, he is, I mean, you'd say top five, top three, top three wrestlers in Number the world. Number one. <laughs> I wouldn't argue with you hard, though. Mm. You what? wouldn't argue with you hard. Like, I, I think top five. But if you say number one, it's not It's not that ridiculous a claim. He is that good. Like, uh, yeah. I don't think, people will still deny it. But I don't think, personally, I don't think it's deniable. At least it's not reasonable to deny it. He is that good. Like, I... I mean, I'll go into the Manchester show in a bit, but I was watching him in Manchester just like, and I didn't know it was going to be his last Fight Club Pro show. And literally the thought was in my head, like, how lucky are we that we get to see a wrestler of this standard? At this kind of show, it's not going to last forever. We should probably enjoy it because he is on that other level as far as like world class goes. Yeah. When Kenta Kabashi was coming over here and I'm gutted I could miss those shows. I was a bit too young at the time. Uh it felt special because we were getting the best wrestler, well, arguably the best wrestler of the world at that point in time. He did a legendary career. We're getting a Kenta Kabashi-style figure in terms of ability 
right now in his in prime, his prime yeah. in these kind of and I know that's high high praise but we're getting him in these shit old venues in Wolverhampton <laughs> and in Manchester yeah I'll take issue with that uh, it's a good venue it's yeah, still a shit old in an industrial estate in Wolverhampton and Wolverhampton is a horrible place Take issue with that if you want, but nah. it's grim. Um, and the Phoenix match was... Yeah. yeah, that's true. Phoenix match was insane. In terms of an athletic contest, this was mm. the, mo- the most obvious comparison is Osprey-Ricochet. Mm. And mm. the opening sequence had such an Osprey-Ricochet vibe about it. I don't think I've ever seen something so fast, so over-the-top, and so blink-and-you-miss-it in a wrestling match ever in such a short space of time. It was absolutely crazy. And it set the tone for the entire match. And the match was exactly what it needed to be. One match I watched over Mania weekend I was a bit disappointed with was Osprey Bandido. I didn't think it lived up to the the hype that I'd heard about the match going in. I thought it felt almost over overly choreographed at different points. And it didn't feel like a contest. This didn't necessarily feel like a, a contest as who guys were trying to win, but there was a bit more intensity here. It was a bit more consistent and just both guys were in their athletic prime and that athletic prime is oh, like the at the highest level that's for sure mm. this was a crazy match that i recommend anyone go out of their way to see and i really hope we get to see him wrestle again because seeing him wrestle again in somewhere where there's stakes oh that would be amazing mm. well i mean that we don't have uh fight club pro on grapple uh say yet mm. i don't know if there's any plans to either it is very much a live event promotion but what would you go star rating wise? I heard people go five on that. Like people with that eye on it. Nah, I wouldn't go five. No, I'd say I'd I'd say a good four and a half. I'd go four and a quarter, and that's not anything against the performance of the match. For me, uh, there often needs to be stakes for mm. me to go a little bit higher. There needs to be a little bit more investment, but purely as a contest that I could just watch, appreciate, and be blown away by and react quite wildly to, it ticked all of those boxes. Mm. Um, Like I say, there were stakes to this as well. And again, I'm going to say, if it was in a different promotion, I think this would be even better. I really do. Imagine this in New Japan where Mm. (laughs) you've got an invested crowd and you've got probably a purpose to the match, if anything. This is just an international dream match, and it was a great international dream match that fulfilled Mm. uh, what it needed to do for me, really. Yeah. Any other highlights from the show? Um, <clears throat> I was disappointed with Pack again, and that's an ongoing theme, that, and Kyle Fletcher. There were moments in the match that were really good mm. and that were really lively. Was it heel versus but, heel? Yeah, yeah, and it didn't work. Pack, I just I hate this character. I can't see what the purpose of it is. I think he's... he's a Cool. Like, <laughs> can you not just do like a Paul Gascoigne gimmick or a Jimmy Five Billy's <laughs> gimmick? Be Bill? like a laughing Geordie who has a great time and it's these mad spots. Like, <laughs> Avoid I'd, the same path? Come where? Yeah, I'd, I'd be <laughs> yeah. much more up for that than this brooding crap that he has to perform, which kind of puts a hindrance on so many of his matches. And Fletcher obviously is a heel here. And 
it was good at times. There were moments in the match. There were moments where it got really good. Mm. But ultimately, it, it was too long. It was slow. It's not. It wasn't the right match for this sort of crowd. This crowd want spots. They want mad, wild matches. Mm. If this, again, was in a different promotion, it might have worked. This style does not work in Fight Club Pro. Mm. Um, Fletcher and Davis, I think, I really like the look. And I really like that they're trying something different. I think it's going to be really good for their development long term. I just don't think they wrestle anywhere near as well as heels as they do faces. Mm. Like Pentagon Mark Davis was just the most nothing main event as well. Mm. It was just a few spots. Best in the WXW though? Uh, barely. Oh. It was just a few spots that kind of happened and happened and... Yeah, it just didn't really fill me with any joy. <laughs> God, I sound really down on the show. I'm not that down there, I promise. It was all right. But yeah, other than that, um, I liked LAX against Jody and Johnny. I thought that was a really mm. fun match. Uh, maybe not as good as their match that they had in Manchester that you saw, Benno, mm. um, at the Impact um, taping last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was still a, re- a lot of fun. Good to see Jody and Johnny. LAX, are, I think they're a great tag team. All of LAX. Really, really fun to always see live. There was a good scramble match, which JP loved, didn't you? I did. Oh, it, it had... So did they, did they have the whisk thing at the show you were at as well? I didn't see it. I heard a lot of story about this whisk. Uh, the Chuck Mambo, invita- your favourite wrestler, Invitational. Well, uh, this is the thing, right? I thought when he'd done the heel turn and attack, I was really happy about that. I liked the way that they did it, the way that they had turned him, and it was great. And then, obviously, you've had the one in progress, which the angle with do not resuscitate has been something I've not been a fan of. Hmm. And here it was back to hey-ho, Mambo. And I was there, and I think the only other person who dislikes him as much, but we've talked about him before, Brit Wrestle Way Days. Hmm. He doesn't as well. I turned around and I was just like fucking this shit again and it was like but as a scramble match it was kind of close you felt close to a rumble because there's like eight of them in there that was good it was but it was great fun and maloney like we said before maloney's massively over with that crowd and a lot of that crowd obviously were there for the night before as well so it appeared to be that he was he'd had a really big weekend so i'm interested to hear about what the reaction was to him in manchester um but yeah, it was it was generally wild, um, as you would expect with all the various people who are in there with lots of sort of batshit crazy spots. Yeah, I thought Phantasmo was great in this yes. one as well, actually. There was a spot where he did his rope walk and he had Damien Dunn on his shoulders. Oh, like, God, in a yeah. Death Valley driver position. And he basically did a... And he was also holding someone else as well. And he basically did a springboard off the top rope with Damien Dunn on his shoulders, like a springboard, like uh, FU or AA, is it, whatever. Um, Death Valley driver. Yeah, yeah. Well, he kind of released him in a way. Yeah. You don't have a Death Valley driver. But onto like a massive crowd sort of on the floor. It was a mental spot, like absolutely mm. crazy spot. Um, yeah, there was there was some good stuff. The besties in the world who I'm not a big fan of. Um, I'm all for a bit of uh, nostalgia when it comes to like Jersey All-Pro style guys, but I'm not really up for seeing Jersey All-Pro style in 2019. Uh, and they had a kind of wild match with OVE, who I'm all right with. I think those mm. guys are quite underrated as kind of wild tag team brawlers. That was a good fun opener. Some Kind of crazy spots. Having out right by us as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then 
I think the low light of the night, of course it was, was Hallow Wicked defeating Chris Brooks. The dream match, but I never knew that I wanted to see this one. Ah, <laughs> oh, Chris Brooks, right. So <laughs> why is Hallow... Why, right, so Chris Brooks is the leader of this big faction, Schadenfreude. Is it, right. is it not Davis now? That, that's what I don't get. Uh, Brooks is the brand man, isn't he? And he's yeah. the mic man. But then Hallowicked, a man I probably last saw in Chikara in about 2007 when I last watched a King of the Trios tournament, right? Mm. Yeah, Hallowicked. I'm assuming Chris Brooks is a big Hallowicked fan and just had to do the job for Hallowicked because he's such a legend. You're You're the leader of this faction. This is your promotion. It seems like you're quite involved in this promotion. Why are you losing to Hallowicked? Like, protect yourself in some way. Again, speaks to this generation of kind of up-and-comers that I ranted about last week. Chris Brooks not protecting himself again, just taking a fool into Hallowicked in a random match, second of the card in a Fight Club Pro show. Like, absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, it's... I don't know, like, Hallowicked... I I thought it was cool seeing seeing a Hallowicked and Frightmare just based on the fact that I was like, oh, I remember buying tapes of them from 2004, 2005, uh, but they're not. I mean, as far as like indie legends go, yeah, they're not the they're not the type of guys that need to go over, are they? Um, they're, not, they're not on that level. Unless, maybe they're going to bring them back and do something else with Brooks? But it probably is, you know, it's probably the respect Why? thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably just the respect thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which is just so misplaced, so misplaced. It did feel, it did feel very out of place yeah. in terms of this. It just the but the match itself was it was there. Um, yeah, yeah, not really too nice, too nice. Well, I've I may I was making the point at the time that the guy he is he's a face. It's as simple as that. People, there are people there who absolutely love him. They love his stuff. The Stalin Freud in general, isn't it? Yeah, like it's I just feel for them like in. in general, and they love him. So it's like, surely he should be your big face, no? JP was making an argument about being Hogan in British wrestling, which yeah, I can't see because it's a very specific type of fan that he appeals to. And if <laughs> it's Hogan, <laughs> yeah, if he becomes Hogan, <laughs> I don't chant his shows very often. But my God, maybe for there'll be some flash. Like it, it, just for me, the thing I—it's—it's I, I, it's ultimately the difficulty I have, and I was just realizing that is it, the, the guy is a face. He's—he's a—he's a nice bloke who everyone likes and has <laughs> a really hard face. Is—is Hollywood like, Hogan? You can forgive some aspects of of the work if you're not particularly keen on them. Okay. It's not. It's not a stupid <laughs> argument. It's not one that I decided to spend three days on. But I'm gonna again. I'm gonna stick by it. I strongly disagreed with him on the night. I've got a theory here, though. I've just thought. So Chris Brooks, lovely man, right? Mm-hmm. Spike Trevay, no control over DNR. Just you mm. know. Do you reckon the bastard pack has looked at Brit Rest and gone, a lot of fucking snowflakes? <laughs> I'm gonna be a bastard, and I'm not gonna lose to anyone. And I'm going to fuck them all over, and I'm going to protect myself. He's still never lost. Say it again. Still never lost, has he? He's he's not lost much. Mm. Exactly. And you know, I'm not saying take a leaf out of Pax book necessarily, but maybe the bastard gimmick is making more sense now. Maybe he's gone too far the other direction. Is maybe what the issue is. Because I I can kind of tie that into my thoughts on on night three. You know, on the final (laughs) night. Um, You know, we can clean up in a minute, but that's what I thought about Mark Davis. Like. 
again, I've got lots of positive to say. I'm much more positive, it sounds, on night three. Uh, I didn't really have a huge amount of negative to say. But one big negative I did have is Mark Davis as champion. I'm not watching all the shows. I thought he looked fine in the you know, the match I watched on VOD when I've seen him. But watching him live, it was just like, yeah, you're not a heel. And you're not the top heel either. You just don't feel like it. He doesn't feel like... if and then, I don't know. Similar to Brooks, you know, people just love them. They love these guys. They love the RD, mm. Aussies. But I just don't think Mark, Mark Davis has got the presence to be like the, the top heel and to be the heel champion. I don't think... I just don't think people... I think people buy it. This is modern wrestling, though, isn't it? People buy it. Mm. People are booing these lads because... They want to support them, aren't they? It's not. Yeah. Whether is that better or worse though than what Pac's going for? You know, quote unquote, real heat. I don't know. That's kind of the weird gray area that they've kind of found themselves in, and they were all over this night three, as it sounds like they were all over night two, constantly coming out, and you know there was lots of we should talk Lycos in a minute actually, but lots of Lycos interference mm. over night three to to make sure you knew the way heels. You know you mentioned the the besties before, Joe. I'm probably a bit higher on them than you, but it's mainly the entrance and they got jumped by Schadenfreude before the bell in their semi final match to make sure they got some heat. They do throw a lot of shenanigans at you to to get them over as heels, and they've been doing you know to Fight Club Pro's credit a relatively you know not even relatively a long term story with them. Um, but I don't know. It, it does always come down to that, doesn't it? That it's, you know, we are all really just playing along. Yeah, I think a lot of people go to shows now for the chat, ego boost, and morale boost of the merch table. Something I could give, couldn't give two shits about. Um, <laughs> How about you, JP? I, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching with my brother the uh, merch area quite intently on Saturday, and we're a couple of yeah. Put it this way, uh, I describe us as. Uh, what would you describe us as, Jay? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We pick up on a lot, don't we? You do. We're, we're, we're social observers. That's yeah. That sounds arrogant. Social anthropologists. <laughs> <laughs> High praise. <laughs> and we were watching like what was going on in merch tables, and it's just fascinated at Fight Club Pro. It's really different to a lot of shows, what you see sort of going on at merch tables and the, the lines, the types of interactions that seem to take place. Will Ospreay's interactions at his merch table were very different to what was happening down the road at the Aussie Open, the Chris Brooks merch table. It works for them. It absolutely works for them. And I kind of say fair play to them because they found something that works in 2019. Mm. It's just not something I can ever invest in personally as a fan. If you ask me, I would love it if like a Josh Bodum type turned up here, was an absolute prick to everyone and got like proper heat for being a prick and also being great in the ring and working that heat uh, rather than getting ironic Chris Brooks, boo, heel heat because that is something I can't say. And when I see people putting their thumbs down, like booing as people are coming out, oh, I just, <laughs> I don't really, like, I know wrestling is kind of uh, like, pantomime in many ways but i'm not out of fucking pantomime what? i don't want to go to a pantomime the last <laughs> one i went to my bobby davro in when i was a child and david essex oh, and you know good. that was cracking night out but i was six i don't want to go to pantomime unless i've got children so yeah well I mean, <laughs> that ties in again to a point like sammy callahan tries to go for that and like did you see the you probably didn't joe but i don't know you saw it jp the photo the uh, lonely virgil type photo of yes. sammy callahan on the saturday because he was 
he was next on merch. He was next to Schadenfreude. He was next to Lycos and Crib Brooks. You know, Lycos recently announced on his retirement. And, you know, they had a massive queue and he didn't have a queue. And people love dumping on Sally, Sammy Callahan, Like, to the point where it's almost become a... When it's, a, it's this much of a meme and it's a pile on, that's when you know it's not really a lot to do with his wrestling. But he does seem to be genuinely, like, hated. Uh, he did that. He had a big queue in Manchester, I will say that. Uh, and Osprey had a queue too, although we did charge Matty a fiver for a photo. But, hey, he's a worker. Uh, but Callahan, like, I don't know, with him, is that the right kind of heat you want? Because it feels with him, like, I, I think he's great. Uh, on the Manchester show, there was a six-man with him in OBE against the uh, Team Rot, um, which was, you know, good walk and brawl, Sammy Callahan, normal stuff. But I was kind of laughing. I saw, like, I don't know if you've seen any of this, JP. It does feel like there's, like, a, a mob mentality pile on with Sammy Callahan. Like, if it's one or two people going, I just don't like Sammy Callahan, you'd get it. But it's almost become a thing to shit on Callahan. Like, there were people giving him grief because in his opening promo, when he spoke to um, Aita, he said, he, he wanted him, he said uh, you probably don't understand me because I'm speaking American. And it got loads of heat in the building. He clearly did that on purpose. But there were people genuinely making fun of him on Twitter going, ah, Sammy Callahan's thick. He said, speaking American. He took a chair shot at the end of the match, like a full-on chair shot to the head, which got loads of... It got a huge pop. It was the finish of the match. He obviously set up the spot. And then again, you see people going, ah, it's great. Isn't it great? Got to see Sammy Callahan take a chair shot like that. Is that the new work? Those people who are working themselves into a shoot with how much they allegedly hate Sammy Callahan. Is that... Mm. Better than you know the the faux heat that that, that a Schadenfreude get, uh, or does it speak to kind of this world we're in now that yeah you know Sammy Callahan is getting heat like that, and it's probably more to do with alleged rumors people pretend they've heard or, or think they've heard. You see, you see that's it, and I find myself quite removed from a lot of it. And I said it earlier on when we were talking about about Will Ospreay, and it's the dissociation between the art and the artist. And you you we do this in lots of cases, and you take it on a case by case basis. I find in, with Sammy Callan, and we were talking about this before we were recording, um, he is someone who I'm not into. And we were talking about just disliking the spit spot and how generally disgusting that is. Yeah, he's not something necessarily that we're into, but I haven't got a reason to loathe him. And I tend to think, you know, in that way, it, it, it doesn't have that kind of impact on me. Um, it does feel like when you when we you know you're looking at the card and you look at the way everything went. I mean really he was the only proper sort of heel on the card mm. and that's plus, plus something plus pack yeah but then again there's people there who are big pack fans who are going to be cheering pack mm. who will be thinking still of neville mm. um it, yeah it, it's there's a kind of if you're looking at sort of a heel for me that's managed to break out recently mjf and the way that he's done that and part of that is also the sacrifice of no, part of my gimmick is I'm not going to be selling oh, T-shirts. Oh, protected his character. Yeah, it's, it is, the character protection is the kind of crucial thing to it. And I think that's something that's actually is a bit of a financial risk to that, isn't there? Yeah. Because obviously you're not able to merchandise it. And then there's the risk of that. But if you're then merchandising it, at that point you dilute the character. So how do you do it? Are you, are you going to be willing to do that in order to sort of protect yourself, protect the character? And then when you do turn face, it's going to be a much bigger reaction. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's an intro. It's an interesting one, but I think that sometimes it just feels like what do we, yeah. What do we define as a true heel? Yeah. I think, um, 
Callahan isn't someone I'd, I'd. He's fine. Like I'm not into him, but I think mm. he's got his uses. I don't actually think dropping in on random indie shows is 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 the best use of Sammy Callahan. I actually think the best work I've ever seen from him has been when he's been doing proper feuds, especially the stuff in Impact. Mm. The other one saw oh, those promos are great. Yeah, he's a he's a feud wrestler. Um, mm. I think he needs to be in a promotion consistently, having feuds booked around that character. And I think his work in the ring is actually stronger when it's based around some sort of feud as well, for the most part. But I just think a lot of it comes down to over-investment in Twitter. <laughs> I really do. And I'm going to sound like some old man here <laughs> ranting about it, but I really do think people put too much stock in stuff that's said in a few characters on this website that is just a churn of information and a churn of things for people to get outraged and react to constantly. And, you know, not being on there, I don't have this same sort of opinion based on someone's Twitter. I Will Ospreay says stupid stuff on Twitter. Don't yeah, care. Is, yeah. As long mm. as he uh, knocks out the park every time out, absolutely fine of it. It's like there, there have been other wrestlers. Um, Marty Scurll was a guy people like to bash for stupid reasons a couple of years ago. Mm. It just feels like someone who someone will come along who's not maybe um, wanting to be your best friend at a merch table, might not be the most entertaining person or the wittiest, the funniest guy on Twitter, might be trying to shill their stuff constantly, and they're not basing it around, I don't know, memes or quirkiness that appeals to people in their early 20s, and they just get a load of shit for it. So people will move on from Callahan, and they'll find the next person to bash, but yeah, who's that going to be? <laughs> yeah. Um- other than that, though, I really enjoyed the show. <laughs> I would just to throw in some positives, like the the night three show was a lot of fun. Like I, all in all, I didn't think there was anything really overall bad on the show. The, the tag team matches were great. We walked for the Manchester show. We literally walked into the building. Uh, I could hear. We were outside. I heard the bell ring, and I heard um, Lucha Brothers LAX dueling chants. So we literally rushed in, walked straight in to just. I think it was Pentagon doing a package power driver. Um, or a Canadian Destroyer, or something daft like that. And it was one of those eight, nine-minute sprint matches that was just absolutely perfect for what it needed to be. thought that was a lot of fun. If anything, you know, the, you know, give Charlotte and Floyd some grief, but I did think that you know Brooks and Fletcher's tag were besties in the world worked. Like I mentioned earlier, that jumping them from the bell and, and killing mm. the entrance music was a good, you know, route to go. Like I said, they, talk, they told a bit of a story through the night with there was a lot of shenanigans, a lot of interference from Lycos uh, in the semi-final match and then when they eventually made it to the final with, with LAX they tried to, to pay that story off even more with ref bumps and Shea Pearce taking a sick drop kick to the back of the head and uh, it was kind of just Chris Roberts coming out it was lots of shenanigans Mark Davis coming out to try and uh, help the Schadenfreude a lot win it felt like a bit much in the main event I think it worked a lot better earlier on the cards but it still worked as an overall story I mean as much as we're going to give we'll give some grief to Fight Club Pro and and what they do this was three sellouts over the weekend and to Mm. be honest that crowd in Manchester felt like a very familiar Fight Club Pro crowd who enjoyed all that stuff and would bang into it so I would say that as a positive um yeah, I, I did think the tournament itself overall was really good. And to that point about the Fight Club Pro crowd as well, I mean, the big 
match really for me on on this Manchester show is Mark Davis defending the belt. They did like an open challenge idea and out came Will Ospreay, Pack and Dan Maloney. And we talked a bit earlier about, you know, Dan Maloney on that Friday show. None of us have seen it yet, but it's getting lots of plaudits. I do want to see it because it is an Osprey match, so I'm, I'm not surprised it's good. I know Osprey put him over as like this big next thing, but he did come out here and it was, for me, the right decision to put him in a match. I'd even, in that Wolverhampton bubble, give him a title shot singular at some point because he is over to that crowd i was surprised how much of the manchester crowd were bang into him it said to me it was a very maybe a, a traveling crowd and a, a crowd mm. familiar with with fight club pro so even if that's maybe not for me the ironic dan stuff it's for that crowd and yeah thought he looked good in the match so there was lots of great osprey pack uh, interaction lots of tease of it at the start with them kind of staring each other out and if anything building a an eventual rematch in RevPro. Um, that was probably the, the highlight of the match. Maloney, obviously, not on the level of those two, and Mark Davis is somewhere in the middle. But I thought that was fun as well. Um, I mean, yeah, all in all, that was great, and the tag matches were great, and it it was a fun show in Manchester. It's, I mean, I have to say, overall, I mean, it's 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 a fun experience. I think the the issue is following on from this, and you're talking about all these potential storylines. It's still an issue on the VOD that you haven't got a commentator to put them over. So unless you're there, you know, it, you're not always going to be. You do need someone to give that backstory. It's not some a promotion you can kind of jump into. I think easily with a lot of the with a lot of the storylines, mm. and so where they go from here and obviously it's been a big weekend they've been very successful doing it when are they doing they're doing the sendai girl girl show aren't yeah, they yeah that's Manchester. in june and they've got the they've got a show the night before in wolverhampton so they're trying to do another double header be interested to see mm-hmm. see how that sells but you know they are putting you know our big complaint last year about vocal pro was it that there wasn't storylines there are I mean, did, did Chuck Mumba go over in that multi-man you mentioned where he won the... No. Whist- oh, Maloney. Right. Maloney won. Oh, that was right, Maloney. Okay, that, see, that makes sense. I mean, again, even if I don't yeah. love him, I'd go with him. I did think it was weird, uh, Mambo losing to, to Ray Horace. Uh, to be honest, I probably wouldn't even put him in the match. It was a bit of a bit of a waste of Ray Horace, but he seems to be someone they're trying to build. Is the hope for, for you there? Is, is it a... Could you see yourself what? returning for, the, for that big show in uh, the night before Sendai or, or going to more Fight Club Pro in uh, in future? I'm not bothered. Um, partly, part of it's the Friday thing. If they have more shows on the Saturday, I might consider it every now and then. But you got to get a Will Ospreay and Phoenix match on the card these days for me to be willing to travel to Wolverhampton. Mm. Um, and it, it's not for me, ultimately. It was when I first started going. Two years ago, those shows that I went to at the Fiction were just incredible. Two of my favourite shows I've ever been to in the UK. Um, but I felt that as Britress has kind of grown, crowds have changed as well. And I'm not one of those people, ultimately, and I don't want to be one of those people uh, who are in with all the wrestlers at Fight Club Pro and singing Backstreet Boys and a big <laughs> mass sing-along after the show. It's not something I'm bothered about at this point. I go to a lot of live wrestling, got a busy life, a trip to Wolverhampton the Friday night is not something on a monthly basis that I want to plan into that life at the moment, if I'm honest. And it's something I can miss, and I don't feel like I'll be missing out by not going every month. How about you, JP? It feels like, I, I again, probably the Saturday. Mm-hmm. I like the start, slightly earlier start time. It made it easy, because one of the issues is if you go late, if you're travelling by public transport, well, you've basically got to stay over <laughs> yeah. on the Friday. And so, yeah, 
it, it's there's only so many of those sort of weekends that I can I can do necessarily in my life. Um, it, it is it kind of is what it is really at, at this point. I think there's things looking at the card, for example. One thing I would say that was part of the excitement of going to see them is where's the fresh young. British talent. Where's the? Dan Maloney. I was going to say, well, you've got Dan Maloney. There's Connor Mills, who we've given, you know, is, is definitely improving. But I have to say, Amari was outside. Yeah, Amari he was. He stamped my hand on the way in. Yeah, same in Manchester. I said, thanks for Amari. So he looked I'm, embarrassed I'm kind of... that I recognised him. Is he? Is he injured? I mean, that's I don't weird. know, but because because it was... feels like. I was just going to say, that's weird because I was pushing the other side because I was kind of... For me, what got me out the house and got me coming to this show was the imports. You know, I know you can see most of them in a million mm. different places, but seeing Lucha Brothers, LAX, even Sammy Gallahan, potentially the besties, maybe more Matt Fitchett than the other one. Um, you know, seeing those kind of guys on a all together on, on a show, uh, you know, Osprey and, and, and Pac being there too. Those big stars, Ray Horace... That's what got me out. It wasn't so much, you know, the the Brit talent. But I would say, yeah, that the you know, there is an Omari shaped hole in Anna, you know, obviously Miller McKenzie's off doing other things, but they were kind of the great hopes, weren't they? A Fight Club Pro this time two years ago. And it did feel a bit wrong that the you know, at least Omari wasn't represented on this show. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? It really is. And it doesn't feel like he's really anywhere, to be honest with you. And I don't know, going back to Fight Club Pro overall they're fine as a promotion. I absolutely get the appeal. I get where people go. I get what people get socially out of the shows as well. I really do. Um, but think about WXW. Think about what we experienced in March at WXW. And as a destination as for a weekend, hanging around Oberhaus and watching some great wrestling what, and also having a bit of a social was great. There was the perfect balance of social and great wrestling. Whereas this, it doesn't feel like there's enough in terms of the wrestling to, to make me want to go a couple of hours mm. up the road, basically. I need that investment in what I'm watching. Whereas in WXW, you have storylines that are really well booked. You also have a setting where people are fully immersed and invested in what is going on on that night. And Fight Club Pro, I just never get the sense of that. And that ultimately is what has put me off going, to be honest. I think it's also partly, it's not a group of wrestlers that I love. Again, I was there for the imports, Benno, and I was there for Osprey because Osprey is my favourite wrestler. And, uh, you know, I love a bit of Jody and Johnny as well. But the Fight Club Pro regulars are just not guys that I'm into. It's that second tier of British stars at this point. I like Aussie Open. I don't love them in this presentation necessarily. I don't love them in this setting. So it's just little things like that that make me just not really interested in going back. Mm. I'll go back. I enjoyed the piss up. Manchester was fun. <laughs> we went to Goth Pub in Manchester after. That was fun. Went to the crazy house. Had a great time. But I'd be going for, like you say, I'd be going for the day out. I'd be going for the, you know, I'm going to get to see some, hopefully some indie stars, they fly out. The You know, the stories that other people are maybe more invested in than me. You know, I wouldn't deny that they are happening and they are there. Uh, but for me, yeah, it, like like you say, uh, it, I'd be there for the, for the piss up and the big night out. And to be honest, that's not the worst thing in the world, like you say. Do you know one of the other problems as well? Oh, I've, got dri- I've got a drive. Yeah. 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 That kind of put me off Wolverhampton a little bit. Um, yeah, you're kind of stuck with that, aren't you? 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a big hindrance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's hard to hard to go to a piss up if you've got to be the designated driver. Whereas, yeah, JP will be out back with Davy Vega. So, you know. <laughs> Uh, next time baby <laughs> anything more on that or fight club pro or anything else uh, before we go no oh uh fraser thomas the ring announcer did some good work but he's obviously been shopping with trent seven or trent seven's got some of his ambi downs out the closet and thrown onto him because yeah. my god has he gone to the trent seven school oh, address you should have seen the state of tyler Bate on the on the manchester show uh they were there british strong style and he was literally full-on dressed like a hippie, long white sh- white shirt. He's gone off the deep end there. Uh, sunglasses on, doing the namaste pose every time someone wants to take a photo with him. Uh, that was weird, uh, speaking of dress. It's like it was Don Draper at the end of Mad Men. That's what he feels like, yeah. yeah. Plus there was that. <laughs> did, did you, have you ever seen him around Wolverhampton? Like, someone might correct me and say it's his brother. But have you seen the lad who dresses exactly like Pete Dunne, who looks a lot like Pete Dunne, who's always wandering around Fight Club Pro shows? I really want to know what that is. Send me an answer and if anybody knows, because if there's a lad out there who's just purely wanting to dress exactly like Pete Dunne, I think get a life. But if it's his brother, fair enough. Or he's related <laughs> or something. I don't know, you didn't spot him that he wasn't at your shows. It was just weird. Yeah, odd one, that. Uh, JP, you haven't chatted to him now. No, not yet. But again, give me time. We'll send you over. All right, Pete. <laughs> I'm not paid, mate. Sneakily work it way in. Yeah. Do it. Get yourself into VSS. But yeah, so okay, we should uh, call it a day then in that case. Um, follow JP on Twitter at JPGP. As we've heard, don't follow Joe on Twitter. Uh, he's the same one of the three of us. You can follow me at Benson Richard E for my. Uh, for my CM Punk scoops, uh, follow Grapple at Grapple app and download Grapple uh, in the Apple App Store by searching for Grapple with no E. You can also gra- download it in the Android Google Play Store by doing the same, searching for Grapple with no E. Get your ratings in there and uh, yeah, you can join uh, the three of us who are all on there and maybe uh, you'll see us uh, floating around at uh, Full of a Wrestling this weekend. Uh, you'll you'll definitely see me. I'm going to be begging, uh, seeing if I can get a talk Gareth into getting me in for nothing. But if not, uh, I'll be happy to pay. Listen, Jeff Jarrett, nine fifteen in the morning. Sign me up. I'll be there. Oh, he'll be chaining the coffees, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> he really, he's wearing that jacket again. Oh, you know he will be. Double Hall of Fame outfit, full on. We can try and recreate our selfie with him. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if that's not an advertisement to go, I don't know what is. They should definitely be paying us for this stuff. But yeah, if anyone's around, say hello there. But yep, we'll be back next week talking that and everything else going on in the world of wrestling. Bye.